without technical difficulties. Okay. You did it without technical difficulties. He's a masterful slam poet, an excellent deliverer of pep talks, and our D&D party's most killable monk. This week, for the inaugural episode of August, Caroline and Eli welcome Ellis Wilkins Havercamp to the podcast. Ellis could write his thesis on Kylo Ren's character arc. Caroline couldn't tell Naboo from Tatooine if you paid her. Eli's first words were the opening scroll to A New Hope, and all three are total nerds. Alright, three, two, two, one. one. Hey, nerd. Hey, nerd. Oh, boy. Oh, Oh boy, boy. you did something. That's gonna sound so good. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. My name is Caroline, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Eli. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. My name is Ellis. My pronouns are he, him, his. And it's our boy. It's our boy for the first week of August. Ellis, (laughs) tell us about yourself. I mean, (laughs) tell the internet about yourself. Uh, Hello, internet. It is I, Ellis. I use nerdy subjects as a way to escape the boringness of regular life. Mm-hmm. And I don't we all have been doing that since I was a child, and I'm not ashamed oh, of it. Hell yeah, we have an escapist uh, in the crowd tonight. That's good. Um, yeah, one among many. One among many. We're we're in good company here. Uh, and I guess this is the first episode of August because it's August, and we have a guest, and that's going to be our thing for this month. Uh, every single episode's going to have one of our friends on uh, for the next month. Uh, and this is our first episode with that. So thank you so much for doing this with us, Ellis. This is so cool. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I love the Hey Nerd podcast, and I am honored to be on the Hey Nerd podcast. Yeah. Speaking of the Hey Nerd podcast. Which I am on. <laughs> which you're on. Hey. You've listened to the episodes, at least some of them. Is there any episode, especially maybe the D&D episode, because you did get called out <laughs> Quite a bit in that one. Is there anything that you want to say now that you have the platform for yourself? Yeah. Um, I guess the number one thing I'll say is that everything that was said about my character, Oristine, was 100% true, and I will not <laughs> deny any of the charges. Um, I think it's also kind of entertaining, considering the way I kind of got the hint that I was going to be getting an upgrade as a character was because I listened to the podcast, <laughs> and... <laughs> And Eli said, all right, priority one is get Oristine a better weapon. He has to do something for the party. And I was th- I, I was there listening to it, and I went, hmm. Well, can't wait for Saturday when we campaign next. Mm-hmm. That's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, Oristine did get a better weapon, so I succeeded on that front. Yeah, yeah my rolls are still famously bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, mine are too. It's, it's just a thing. It's just luck of the mm-hmm. dice. That's um, how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I love how, Eli, you were just kind of, like, very coded, but, like, kind of a subtle, just like, you have anything to say to defend yourself on Ellis? was like, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> I have no defense. I feel guilty. Yeah. That's fair. It's great, though. It's great. Um, especially because we're doing a one-shot, and Ellis is, I think, the only person who's really specialized in combat at all. Um, <laughs> so we solved a really tricky puzzle involving a door by just punching it a bunch, and then our wizard set it on fire. Um, <laughs> it was very yeah, that is that is what you guys did, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was better considering the way that I ended up punching the door did not completely shatter the door. It was this close, <laughs> was but there close. was still that little bit of 
glass structural integrity, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love it when supervillains are like, come see my death trap and riddles and whatnot, but then don't leave a key card for you to get to said death trap. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, as is customary for this podcast, I believe we've gotten a little off track. So the Brendan question for this week, if I can scroll up to it quick enough, oh boy, is... Oh boy. It's, it's the summer months now, so... If you were an ice cream truck treat, which which one would you be? Uh, uh, I just, I, I will see Dallas go first. I just like how you say it's summer months now as if it hasn't been summer the entire time we've been doing this <laughs> podcast. It's, whatchamacallit, the dog days of summer, they're coming up soon. Uh, you know, as they do, it's getting, it's getting real unbearable in Houston. Uh, and you know, we just want to see... Little, little cold ice cream treat. We don't have a reason. There's no way this ties into the the episode. It just is a question we had that we thought was nice. Um, so yeah, does anyone have an answer right away, or shall I be the the sacrificial lamb on this one? I've got an answer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Who would you be, my dude? All right. Um, this is just the first thing that came to mind, and it also works really well. I feel like those um those SpongeBob popsicles. Mm. The ones that look really, really good on the package, mm-hmm. and then you open it, and it's, like, one of the most horrendous things you've ever seen in your life. Completely deformed. One yeah. of the, like, little candy eyes yeah. is kind of melted, so it's got that little, like, black tears coming exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah, so it looks like a, something out of a creepypasta. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I'm feeling that, because staying inside and playing video games all day sounds good in theory, just like a Spongebob popsicle looks good mm. in theory. But then you get past that nice little film covering... And I'm just, I feel like I'm melting. <laughs> that is so valid. Um, oh man, I think I would be one of those, like, popsicles that, like, is in a tube and then you, like, push out the popsicle. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're called, but that thing. Um, a push pop? Oh no. No, because that's Sorry. candy. Yeah. That's, um, I, yeah, I don't know what those are called. I don't think that they have a name. Yeah, they're just the, the ice cream just... truck treat that you get sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I don't really have like a super great reason for it except beyond i think just like general vibes and i've just also kind of been in that like melty place but i'm ready to kind of emerge from that and like you know meet mm. the day uh and all that stuff nice yeah like a sweet okay. phoenix <laughs> this is a mine is a specific experience but uh when i was in new york city i learned that new york city vendors have snow cones but they have pre-packaged snow cones, what? so it's, like, just a solid ice-flavored chunk thing that they just keep <laughs> in the freezer and then unwrap and give to you. And so I got one of these, and I was eating it, and it has that feeling of, like, yes, but also no. Like, this is a snow cone, but it's not a snow cone. Uh, and that's what I'm feeling, like, yet yeah, simultaneously the way that it's supposed to be and also just, like, an overwhelming sense of wrongness. I love how, by definition, a treat that is normally frozen is something that we're also very unsettled <laughs> by not being somehow fresh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I I've just never encountered a pre-made snow cone before. I think every time I've encountered a snow cone, you like watch them make yeah. it because it's yeah yeah. But no, apparently that's, you can pre-package them. That's the way it's Jesus supposed Christ. to be. Oh man! No, I get it. Yankees are weird, man. Yankees are so weird. <laughs> And I'm looking at, like, colleges up north, too. It's gonna be a wild time. Um, yeah, my, my experience as a college student eating Top Ramen in prepackaged snow cones. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, vibes, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was learning about Bryn Mawr College today. Um, and, yeah, I eventually had to get to the point where I had to tell the family relative... Who, family relative? The relative. Who, like, had gone... I eventually had to, like, come out and just be like, I'm, I'm gay, by the way. Uh, just so she would kind of know my full context for wanting to look at a women's college. Because uh, <laughs> that's important. Transparency. <laughs> Transparency is important. Listen, I'm not saying that everyone who applies to a women's college is a lesbian or is interested in women. I'm just saying that as someone who likes girls, like, <laughs> do I really need a whole bunch of dudes around that much is my question. Um mm. Nope. So yeah, I had to eventually do that. And she's like, oh, I think that, you know, Bryn Mawr's pretty unmatched in terms of acceptance, because there were people who were out in, like, the 80s, and no one was out in the 80s. Uh, and I was just like, well, I know Smith is actually the gayest, but I also didn't feel like correcting her. <laughs> so I was like, I don't I don't really want to divulge just how much I've looked into this already, but there was a person yeah. at Smith who was like, so I had to ask one of my straight friends what the dating scene's like for heterosexual women, and, like, it's okay. Um, but the fact that you have, like, a token straight friend <laughs> says a lot. Speaking of queer things in colleges, I, on the Common App, there's an option where you can, like, explain your gender identity to colleges, mm-hmm. and I was looking at that, and I just felt the fear of, like, hmm, that seems like a risky gamble to me. Yep. Yep. Depends yeah. on where you apply. I feel like University of, like, Alabama would probably not be into yeah. that, but I no. feel like mm-hmm. the... The Ivies and the 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 Yankee schools seem a lot more accepting. There are a lot of non-binary people at Smith, and mm-hmm. the person in charge of their queer identity, like, stuff, is actually a trans dude who graduated from Smith and then transitioned. So... Nice. Yeah. No, It's not yeah, all bad, I, but... Oh, boy. But on the flip side, there was a time where a college rep straight up told me, like, hey, by the way, if... I was like, yeah, I, I told them that I was in, like, essentially the equivalent of GSA at our school, because our school doesn't have a GSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, you know, this is a very Christian college, so maybe you shouldn't apply here. <laughs> and someone just straight up said that to me while trying to, like, rep the college, and I was like, hmm, you know you know, it's bad when someone who's like, you should apply here, it straight up tells you, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, the person who's, like, maybe. trying to recruit people is like, maybe I shouldn't. Then again, very Christian college, was this, like, someone at our high school? Because I feel like someone at our high school looking for... The straights. To no, go. this was someone who called me on the phone. Do you guys get phone calls from colleges? No, thank God. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah, it was like someone who called me on the phone and was like, "Hey, are you want to apply here?" I didn't. I didn't know what the college was, but I was like, "Uh, vibes, I guess." Yeah. But yeah, I had that happen. Yeah. Fun. So I guess I'm too queer for some colleges. You know who well, needs those colleges? Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a funny anecdote to share? <laughs> uh, no. Fair enough. I don't. I I do very few things, mm. except that, well, I guess except for the fact that the rec- relatively recently released Final Fantasy VII Remake has consumed my life, and it is all I think about. Nice. Nice. So I, I could have come on the podcast and talked about that, but I am not going to, because we have something we have Something bigger. bigger. Yeah. A yeah. whole a whole galaxy away, you might say. Yeah. Um one that was a long time ago. Yes, well, it was. Truly an intellectual property obsessed with the number three. Um <laughs> circling back to Christianity. Uh 
<laughs> We're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> the yeah, famous Christ one allegory. The, <laughs> one of the most well-known I mean, yeah, Father, Son, and the Holy fans. Ghost, you know? It does have that little tertiary connection. We have what? I mean, yeah. I've, Luke, I've Vader, spoilers, and Yoda. Aware. And that's that's the three. Well, yeah. I was thinking Luke, yeah. Vader, and the Force, but, you know. That too. You can do anything. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, and... The other one. Myself. Also Vader. <laughs> also. And Vader. Well, yeah. Vader again. <laughs> Vader, the Redux. Yeah, we've we've not said it was a graceless segue, but we definitely did do a graceless segue into yeah. Star Wars. You know, we didn't announce it, but we yeah. did kind of just do a little, you know, just very sloppy little backflip into mm-hmm. what we're talking about through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sometimes you just Amen. gotta go through Jesus to get to Star Wars, and that's how it be, you know? <laughs> I mean, hey, sometimes you gotta go through Star Wars to get to Jesus. You're I mean, right, though. I mm-hmm. After thinking about it long and hard, after watching episode one too many times because we own the DVD, I was like, hey, Anakin Skywalker is Jesus. Hang on a minute. <laughs> and I was like 12 at the time, right? And I was like, hold on. He doesn't have a dad. He just appeared in the womb. He's the chosen one that is supposed to destroy all evil in the galaxy. Except That's it. Yeah. That's Christianity. <laughs> but he, Granted, he, does, he didn't do he that. He does though. fail at that. Yeah. And then he did do that, kind of. But then he didn't do that in episode 7, 8, and 9. It's complicated. Star Wars likes to mm. shoot itself in the foot in the name of making a continuous storyline. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I guess now that we've done our graceful segue, now it's time for a little personal histories with it. Uh, Because having context for why we're talking about a thing is useful. I don't have a context for this. My brother watched the movies, got really obsessed. I do not know dick about shit about Star Wars. Uh, was when we all came over nice. to your house and essentially like forced you to let us watch Star Wars, was mm-hmm. that the first time you'd seen episode four? No! Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm not completely uncultured. Um No, like I'd seen the movies, I just didn't comprehend them or retain <laughs> any information. <laughs> nice. Every time I watch it again, I'm like, huh, that. that's new. Um <laughs> Because, you know, like, we were fairly young when he got into it, and it was mm-hmm. just the sibling logic of, like, well, my brother likes this thing a lot, and he's being kind of annoying about it. So I'm not gonna get into it on principle. Um, looking back, again, probably just one of those things that I'm finding out about myself is probably did have a crush on Padme when I was little, because um, it's Natalie Portman, uh, and that is, like, all I remember, really. Uh, mm. Yeah, I like, my most context i have for it is that one like clip from annie the star wars parody musical where obi-wan kenobi talks about the clone wars and bores himself to sleep because it's just so complicated (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i guess my personal history with star wars is again it's it's the running theme of my personal history my father (laughs) whoa take my father (laughs) saw a new hope 12 times in theaters when it first came out and each time he dragged my grandmother to watch it with him in theaters. Um, so, you know, I think it's ingrained into, like, his bones and his ribcage, just that opening monologue that was my first words. Um, that's Haynard canon now. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so my dad is really into Star Wars. And when I was little, I think I saw, like, half a clip of when Vader... Like, you see the back of his head in one scene. Like, before you see his full face, there's, like, a scene where you see the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Um 
And I didn't watch Star Wars because from that one clip, my brain created an entire world that I thought was Star Wars that was, like, super boring and political. So I had this whole, like, incredible storyline in my head that was not Star Wars but was based off this one scene. And because of that, I avoided watching Star Wars until... I think seventh grade, when my dad essentially sat me down and gave me the ultimatum of, you're going to watch Star Wars, point blank. So then I watched it, and then I got really into it, and now I watch all Star Wars as they come out, and I'm, like, a big fan. But yeah, I had a whole, like, misconcepted other story of Star Wars that just came from nowhere and existed in my head for, like, ten years. That's the most you thing ever. Also, I love how your dad was like, I'm not gonna pressure my kid to get into mythology. Like, he didn't sit down and give you the mythology talk. He sat down and gave you the Star Wars talk. Yeah, because so Star Wars funny. is, like, his favorite thing ever, so I had to at least watch it once. Yeah, but listen, yeah, kiddo, you've gotten to a yeah. certain age. You need to learn about uh, the droids and the lasers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's important to note that the one thing I remember about this construction of Star Wars I had is that Darth Vader, in my head, looked like the bad guy from Austin Powers, and I don't know why, because I'd never seen Austin Powers, but that's just what he looked like to me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I still haven't seen Austin me Powers, either. but I feel like I need I've to. I've seen the epic rap battle about it. Haven't seen the movie. I've seen, like, clips from the movie. Yeah. In a lot of Watch Mojo videos. I love how, like, your little brain was just like, oh, it's the boring old white dude. I don't need to watch this. Let me just do that on my own. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Ellis has to step away to take care of something. So we're gonna vamp. Uh, yeah. And talk about something else. I don't know. I'm still hung up on our latest D&D session, wherein Ellis only got around to punching <laughs> the door, because it was after we rejected the idea that our wizard had of um, re- resurrecting a dead man to punch the door. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. It's good. No problem, man. Welcome back. Ah, it's great to be back. (laughs) And now it's your turn to talk about your personal history with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, um, believe it or not, when I first realized Star Wars was a thing, I was super not into it. Mm -hmm. Because I, my only ideas of it was, like, people in space, they can do magic, and they have laser swords. Mm -hmm. And me and my young, maybe seven or eight-year-old brain thought that was corny as hell. (laughs) So I just, my general idea of Star Wars was just, this is stupid, this is for nerds. Meanwhile, I'm, like, playing Final Fantasy games all the time. And, you know, Kingdom Hearts. And then one day, because all I did for entertainment as a kid was play video games and rummage through the DVDs that we had in our house, put them in my computer, and then go to town, because I had nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. I got tired of watching all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and I thought, you know what? Let me give this dumb, stupid, dumb movie a try that I have never seen before and I definitely will not become attached to for the rest of my life. And what did I do? (laughs) That's how it goes sometimes. Because all we had was... And that's funny, too, is the the DVD that we had was just for episode one, The Phantom Menace, which is famously the one people hate the Mm. most next to Attack of the Clones. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I just thought... Sometimes it's okay to be wrong. (laughs) And I saw it and I was like, okay, that's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. And then I told my dad and I, I think the the closest phrase to what my words were, were, where can I find the rest of these? Mm -hmm. 
and then I learned there was an original trilogy, and I was like, wait, so there's one, two, and three, but they those didn't come first. It was four, five, six, one, two, three, and yep. but I, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. It's not we all do eventually. super difficult. Mm-hmm. One day, uh, I watch the movies on a website that is probably not legal or safe. I'm just I, mean, fine. I, I didn't. I didn't purchase them, you know, it was a, you click the movie, a pop-up comes out, mm-hmm. you close the pop-up, you click the movie again, maybe you'll, maybe you'll see it in a good dimensions on the screen. And I just got enraptured. I started playing Star Wars video games. I made really horrible, terrible drawings in my several journals. They're bad, and I will never share them, taking those to the mm-hmm. grave. Oh. But now at least and, someone knows they exist. Yeah. This yeah. Is LSD. Uh, so come at me, audience. Break into my home. Find my dark <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Please don't. Don't do that. No, we don't. Yeah, d- don't break into our house. For any uh, breaking <laughs> and entering or robbery of uh, Mr. Wilkins Havercamp's home. Uh, we also Thank you. strictly... Uh, forbid anyone trying yeah. to do that. Don't do as crimes. as Ellis's friend. Yeah. I ask you, please don't break into Ellis's house. Yeah, just don't as do Ellis it. himself. I ask you, please don't break into Ellis's yeah, house. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't, don't break do into it. his house. Don't don't mess with Ellis. Or let me we'll, nice because yeah. I will, I will pelt you with my several lightsabers that I keep in a box. Ooh, because. I just became so obsessive that any time I saw any lightsaber in like a Toys R Us, I was like, that is come into my room mm. and i do absolutely nothing with them and i'm i'm still i'm not ashamed no, of it you know what that's good would you ever buy one yeah. of those like really nice lightsabers that they have at like i know that some sometimes the people who make them will show up at comic palooza but they're like the really yeah. nice looking ones that um ultra sabers and saber forge those i've been just staring at <laughs> on impulse for like <laughs> five years and i just think one day i will have Three hundred dollars that I will be doing nothing mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. and I will purchase a lightsaber. Good, you're right. Yeah, good, good. That's nice. how I feel about regular swords. <laughs> one day I will have more I, money. I feel that way, but yeah, one day. And now I look at now I look at lightsabers, and I look back at my stupid six year old self, and I think, you fool! How can you not think lasers and swords together are the coolest <laughs> thing on the planet? <laughs> the single most amazing invention in any movie. Yeah, yeah. They're just. It's like a it's like a piece of metal, and you click a button, and it goes. It's cool. It's so it's so cool, and that was really what got me into it as a as a kid. Was like, whoa, science and fantasy together. Mm-hmm. And then growing up, I'm like, wait, a narrative <laughs> and plot lines. A story emerges, and that's why I'm like, whoa, a story for all ages. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like that's, yeah, that's like me with like old Disney Pixar movies because when you first watch them, it's just like, oh, it's colors on a screen, and then you watch it when you're older, and you're like, oh, this is a meaningful story with like characters and shit. Got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Though Star Wars manages to be both a meaningful story and then also something where I've had the Star Wars paradox, which is essentially like Chekhov's gun. It's as soon as any big ship appears on screen, that ship is eventually going to explode. Mm. Like everything explodes <laughs> in Star Wars, one way or another. No, there's no big piece of construction that does not eventually go down in flames. Yeah, yeah. You know, just... They prove this in the opening ten minutes of episode seven when, like, three things explode consecutively. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) And that's okay. 
You know, we have like the, what, 1812 Overture? People have been loving mm-hmm. explosions for a while. This is true. Oh man, Star Wars explosions yeah. but set to the 1812 Overture would be great. I'm sure someone's done that. Ooh, I'm sure Joe. That edit has to exist. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the movie that did it best, or one of the movies that did it best, and this is completely off topic, but the V for Vendetta movie, the final climax where he explodes Parliament happens over the 1812 Overture, and it's the funniest thing. <laughs> we love explosions set over classical music. And explosions <laughs> in classical music. Mm-hmm. Which is basically... A good, a good chunk of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John Williams is just all right. Uh, they said the explosion is going to happen here, so we're gonna let's just have that little crescendo. Mm-hmm. There it goes. There it goes. Death Star blows. <laughs> Boom. Kaboom. Kaboom. Boomtastic. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard you say that phrase before in my life. Oh, uh, me neither. Damn. Sometimes okay. it be like that. Okay. So I guess for the uninitiated, aka me. Do you have like any what's kind of what's up with Star Wars? What is up with this this wild intellectual property that's captured the hearts and minds of so many across almost fifty years now? So what's up with Star Wars is purportedly, purportedly, Purportedly. George Lucas had a six episode story that he was like, "This is a story." Mm -hmm. Ah, Uh and then he was not. He was. Before George Lucas was George Lucas, he was just a guy, and he was he was fully aware that like trying to pitch six movies as someone who never produced a movie before was not not gonna happen. No work, mm-hmm. bad. So pr- what he did is he apparently looked through the stories and he took Episode Four as like the movie that would be the most complete movie, mm-hmm. like by itself mm-hmm. if he never got to produce anything else. Because um. Episode 4 pretty much follows, like, the hero's journey. You can do, like, a one-for-one from episode 4 to the hero's journey, Mm because it's, like, the most traditional storytelling-y of all of them. Uh, And so he pitched that, and when that movie got picked up, um, it was originally just Star Wars. I don't think it was even Star Wars Episode 4. He just called it Star Wars. It didn't come out with the name A New Hope, because Mm -hmm. it was, like, the idea was this was only going to be one movie as far as he was concerned. Uh, And then it was a smash hit, because... No one had ever seen anything like it before. It was, you know, people fighting in space. It was a bunch of, like, incredible work with puppets. It was just insane uh, and completely redefined the idea of what sci-fi could be. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, And then everyone wanted more Star Wars, at which point George Lucas became George Lucas. And now we have, what, an 11-episode X-number video games, X-number TV shows, um, all kind of set in this one big, giant universe. but yeah, it's it's a story essentially about people trying to save the galaxy from evil people. It's clearly, some of it's clearly a metaphor for Nazis. If you look at, like, the way that, one, the name Stormtroopers, but yeah. just the way that the Empire is, it's clearly, yeah. like, this is, in one way or another, a World War II movie, at least a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so much of it is taken off of, like, you know, like, the Rebels and that Rebel Alliance and all of that. It feels very much like it's taking what happened in history and putting it in space. Mm-hmm. Um, While simultaneously being oddly biblical. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, especially in, like, prophe- prophecies about a chosen one. Yeah. Yes. And also being, like, talked about earlier. yeah. Also being, like, cowboys in space, basically. Mm-hmm. As it's a space described. opera. Mm-hmm. There's no singing, yeah. though. No one There's sings. There's no singing. Well, there's... Wasn't there a little bit of singing in the... There's, like, choirs in the... and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking of the, um... 
the Christmas special. I feel like there was a song, a song segment, <laughs> at least at some point in there. Look, we were going to talk about the Star Wars Christmas special at some point during this. Oh, well, I've never seen it, but I, I believe that they did sing something. Yeah. I've yeah. seen enough of it to want to vomit. I love that. Let's let's get into the let yeah, let's get into the, the stuff that the, the obscure lore. The The obscure lore and the stuff. hot takes. Cause Ellis, I know that you had you had a take that you really wanted to share. It's yeah. not about the original trilogy, but still, I feel like we should no. jump right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I because <laughs> the, the hot take concerns the sequel trilogies, episode seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. directed by JJ Abrams and who's the other dude that directed oh, episode eight? He worked on Breaking idea. Bad. It was Ryan Johnson. Him. Episode 8, man. The other director on episode 8. Yes. And Hot Take regards the main villain, Kylo Ren. I mean, well, main villain in most people's eyes. It's Snoke, and then it's not Snoke. Yeah. And then it's Palpatine, and then every, and then nobody liked that. <laughs> but nobody liked that. It was bad. Nobody liked that. It, it was... Uh, I, yeah, we can get into the rest of the sequel trilogies after you share your Hot Take. Because yeah, I have some I'll, opinions. Yeah, I'll talk about my favorite thing about the sequel trilogy, and that is the character of Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. I love Kylo Ren. I love the way Adam Driver plays him. Mm-hmm. I love what they did with him, and I think I think it was a good performance. I mean, my thing is that people love to complain about Kylo Ren and say, Who, he's just a Darth Vader wannabe and this and that, and I mm-hmm. look at that and I go, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what he that's is. The that's point. the whole point. I mean, they didn't. It's not like the writers failed at making a villain because he was too close to Darth Vader. It was the fact that he wasn't close enough to Darth Vader that defines his character, and that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, because they took Kylo Ren, and he's trying so hard to be Darth Vader in every way. In design, he's wearing a helmet, he's got, like, cloth hanging from his belt and stuff, he's got a cape, big red lightsaber, it's, like, crackling and stuff, he's got a weird deep voice that gets modulated by his mask, and then he takes off that helmet when he's talking to ray and we go uh, oh it's just adam driver looking like he's in a high school drama it's just adam driver man it's just adam driver just a without dude. a beard <laughs> yeah and i remember being not in theaters but we watched it one time in my seventh grade history class <laughs> it's because our teacher was a big do. star wars nerd oh. and he he brought his xbox one hooked it up to the projector and played star wars episode seven and people saw kylo ren and i remember hearing people like laugh because you look at Kylo Ren under that helmet, and you're like, oh, he's he's just a dude. That's mm-hmm. not scary. Yeah. And that's the whole that's the whole bit, yeah. is that Kylo Ren isn't terrifying. He's not the same force of nature that Darth Vader is. And that's what really defines his character in being that he can't be the next Darth Vader while he's trying super hard to be. And when Rey says that, when Rey says, like, hey, yo. I can I can see it in your brain. You're afraid because you're never going to be Darth Vader. He's 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 furious. He's so mad. And whenever I was like, One whenever Darth lad. Vader, whenever Darth Vader does anything, he is com- he has a commanding presence. Nothing ever goes wrong. And when something does, he's he's chill about it. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, 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 that's cool. You know what? Build a second Death Star. <laughs> Let's see what they do about that. Yeah, nerd. Another one. Another one. Watch. But then, as soon as Rey goes missing, Kylo Ren has a big freakout scene. He cuts the chair in half. He starts just going hair and going hair. Excuse me. He goes ham on the room. Some stormtroopers walk by and they go, "Okay," and they just walk away. I do not see it because he is an angry teenager that's really suffering with identity. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what makes him scary, I think, is that we as people try and a lot of times we try and embody the people we look up to, mm-hmm. sometimes in a borderline unhealthy yeah. way. And that's what Kylo Ren embodies is that when he's not trying to be himself, he's trying to be someone who he can never yeah. live up to the standard to. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's why he got such a high position when it comes to building the uh, Starkiller base, because that was just Death Star Omega. (laughs) Death Star, but larger. Death Star, but larger. And that's why he was so adamant on capturing Rey, just like Darth Vader captured Leia in the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And when he fails, that's why he goes so apeshit about it. Yeah. Just to clarify, as someone who doesn't know a lot about Kylo Ren... So, like, at no point, does he ever murder a bunch of babies with a laser sword? Because I'm pretty sure Anakin oh, did no, that no, in the no, original. No, no. That, that is that Anakin. Darth Vader. Yeah, that's nah. Anakin. I'm, I'm sure at some point yeah. Kylo Ren was thinking in his brain, like, hmm, we're going to find that? a lot of Jedi younglings yeah. that I can just slaughter. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like, kind of charting, if he's really trying to kind of follow Anakin's life story, I think a part of, you know, surely part of why he's failing is that he just, did, I don't think that same ruthlessness is cultivated or at least from what i can understand or what i have seen because there's a special kind of messed up you have to be to murder a bunch of babies with the laser sword um Mm -hmm. yes and like also the fact that he's like trying to cop his disfigured disabled grandpa's style to be intimidating is really funny to me because it's like (laughs) part of why i would laugh like when i saw that was just like so you don't even have anything wrong there's no reason for you to not show your face except the aesthetic (laughs) Yeah, exactly. it's so much like just trying to be yeah. Darth Vader, which yeah. is very good. Yeah. But I think it's also true that like a big part of kind of in that same like the cult, the ruthlessness isn't cultivated is that like Kylo didn't grow up under that same oppressive, like the Jedi authority was mm-hmm. very oppressive in the original, like in the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so I mm-hmm. think like he, Kylo, I don't, I think like a big reason he can't be Darth Vader is he didn't face that same sort of like yeah. underdog oppressed by this power system that turned Vader so bitter and angry. Because mm-hmm. Kylo exactly. was always kind of looked at like, oh, you're related to the most powerful Jedi ever, question mark, maybe. It's mm-hmm. very unclear with Luke. Um, like he doesn't have that same, the, the bitterness within him comes is like it doesn't have that same like overwhelmingly everyone thought you were going to fail everyone thought you were unstable everyone thought that you were a bad investment Mm -hmm. um which i think is what makes anakin such this like it makes anakin's bitterness so authentic and real and then lends to like a very powerful uh and angry darth vader yeah but yeah i also i liked kylo i thought it was interesting what they did with like making kylo and ray um like the the connected through the force like the twin souls with yeah. the force that was very cool i think that they definitely arced that power really well yeah i don't think that maybe i think him dying at the end i was like okay yeah that makes sense to have that cost happen because mm-hmm. yeah because i mean karma mm-hmm. is still very real he still did a lot of horrible horrible things even after being redeemed and going back to the light side those things didn't yeah. necessarily go away the man did yeah yeah that's a lot lot. that's a lot of life uh and i think as well just kind of from what i'm hearing like it reminds me a little bit of kind of why a lot of young white men nowadays who like really haven't had to deal with a lot of oppressive forces are feeling really disillusioned and turning to like the alt-right and stuff like that and turning to like it feels weird because it's like well they're not really oppressed but they're disillusioned and so they're turning into oppressors which is its Mm -hmm. own whole thing 
but I, like, I can definitely sense, like, feeling like I don't know what my identity is, but I have this, there's this historical event that happened in the past that I happen to be related to, and there was a lot of power and, like, uh, grandeur associated with that, so maybe if I do that, then I'll feel happy? Question mark? Which I think is also, like, it could, like, kind of be a lens to look at kind of a lot of people in our modern times. Uh, what with the rise of the Nazis again. They're, they're back. back. Yeah. They never really left, but now they're just they're back. worse. Or not worse, but like, nope. it's they're... worse than it's been in a while. Yeah. They're yeah. very vocal now about like, it now. Now it's like, which is yeah, it feels weird because it's like, you know, they're members of like a very far right group. It's like, you can say they're Nazis. Like you can, mm-hmm. s- it's not a big political thing to be like, and the Nazis and alt-right groups are bad, actually. Uh, that's That should be an apolitical statement. <laughs> yeah, that's why whenever, like, media outlets say, and these left-wing extremists, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool that we want to stand up to oppression, but what about these people who are literally just saying, hey, we're the next coming of this the horrible, terrible military faction that literally yeah. committed genocide? Why, 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 why aren't we looking yeah. at that a little bit? And it's like... They go to the grocery really store and they have dogs the media, and they're just though. like us. I'm like, fuck off, Janet. Mm-hmm. The fuck? Stop humanizing these. Stop trying to make me feel sorry for oh, fucking it, Greg the neo-Nazi. You <laughs> don't, don't fuck, fuck with Greg, Greg the neo-Nazi. The neo-Nazi. No. You don't know him. So, <laughs> so, so, so Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. I, do Greg- think, I do think one thing that's <laughs> interesting about him, like especially if we're talking about the why he can't be Vader, is that Vader like, commands fear. Mm-hmm. Both, like, in just the audience, you look at him and you're like, oh, I'm afraid. I don't like this and yeah. I don't want to watch this anymore. Spooky but man. then also, like, it's very clear yeah. watching him interact with people that he commands fear. Mm-hmm. And they essentially, like, in the first movie, they treat him almost like an attack animal. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a handler and people, mm-hmm. isn't, like, look to this other person as, like, you have to control him. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Kylo, I don't think we ever really see that same thing. It, like, they don't, there isn't that much, like, he doesn't cultivate this fear from people around him at any point. Yeah. He's openly disrespected no. by, like, someone who, a comparable relationship in the, with Darth Vader, you just die. If you yeah. did that to Darth Vader, you'd straight up, you wouldn't be here to disrespect exactly. him anymore. Um, and so I think it's, it's yeah. that same, very interesting, like, he doesn't, he hasn't cultivated within himself that ability to just project fear. Yeah. Which I also think, like, was yeah, Darth Vader and... a lot older when he, like, became Darth Vader? Or, like, were they comparable? No, he was, like, 20. Damn. No, they're, they're yeah. relatively the same age. I mean, a yeah. lot of time passed between the end of episode yeah. 3 and the start of episode 4. But he was still in the same Yeah, he was still age. he was still the commander of the Rebels. Like, he led an army even before being mm. Darth Vader. And he slaughtered people before being Darth Vader. And I think he cultivated that aura of fear. And mm. then he got put in the suit. Because... Obi-Wan really did do do that, huh? Yeah, from what I remember from, like, that <laughs> clip from the parody musicals, like, I loved him like a brother, so I put him in a volcano. <laughs> and that's kind Because of- <laughs> in the parody musical, Obi-Wan Kenobi's an alcoholic, that's and that's the thing. That's it. Um, <laughs> it's a great fucking clip. But yeah, no, they, they fight on a volcano planet, and then Obi-Wan just kind of leaves him there. He's, He's like, like, see ya. You know what? Uh, the floor yeah. is lava, and you done lost. <laughs> Going back on um the the comparison of commanding fear between Kylo Ren and Darth Vader, it really is kind of it's interesting to see how Kylo Ren demonstrates fear mm-hmm. versus how Vader demonstrates fear. Because when Vader walks in, as soon as he's in a room, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> everyone's oh shit!" Like, oh, shit. Oh, like, oh, fuck. oh, okay. 
Yes, The principal yes, just sir. walked in to yes. observe the class. Right. Oh, shit. Everyone's like, oh, focus, mm-hmm. full attention. But then whenever Kylo Ren's in a room, everyone's pretty chill. And the only times you really see people being afraid of Kylo Ren is when he is in a room alone with one of his like lieutenants or something. And Kylo Ren just whips out his lightsaber and full on destroys mm-hmm. a computer. And then the guy gets scared because, yeah, yeah, he just kind of destroyed a very valuable piece of technology. And then Kylo Ren proceeds to yeah. choke him. But, you know, that because that's immediate danger. And then Rey, at one point, is is frozen with, with the Force. And then Kylo Ren puts his lightsaber, like, three inches away from her yeah. neck. That's an understandable situation afraid. to be afraid in. Because, you know, you've got a, a crackling <laughs> laser sword that's about to sink into your neck. But with Darth Vader, he just... He's, yeah. As Once he's in your periphery, yeah. you're, you're done. It's, like, oh, it's shit. Okay. Time to... Time to count my blessings and yeah. I think hope. it's also it's it's because like Kylo it. is dangerous when he's unstable and Vader is dangerous when he's stable. Mm-hmm. Like he he's he can be perfectly yeah. in control of himself and still be the most dangerous person in the room. Where I feel like Kylo he only becomes dangerous when he like is not controlling himself. I think that he hasn't mastered like control yeah. over his own danger. Yeah, which definitely marks a interesting character shift between. Anakin, as in like prequels, Vader and mm-hmm. Vader in the um in the original trilogy, is because I feel like a reason a lot of people don't like Hayden Christensen's performance as as Anakin is because whenever we see him embodying that Darth Vader sort of persona, especially after he kills the Sand People, is because he's still in the process of losing mm-hmm. his Jedi self. He's still very much in an unstable mindset, and to me that just demonstrates how he's losing himself and slowly going yeah. into that transition but once he becomes darth vader he just fully embodies th- that character he becomes the slaughterhouse big murder hobo that he's mm-hmm. been trying to not be for the entirety mm-hmm. of the prequel trilogy so once he embodies that th- yeah. that's the scariest thing because i mean when you think about it are, are we more afraid of somebody who could pop off at any time or somebody who is constantly in the mindset of i will i will kill you yeah. if you do one thing mm-hmm. um yeah, like, it is very terrifying. So would you argue that Vader kind of gets to that point because when he becomes kind of fully Darth Vader and he's kind of embodying this ruthlessness, that he is more, like, himself than he's ever been and Kylo is so just kind of not that because he's constantly trying to be something he's not? Or would you say that, like, with Vader there was still definitely, like, kind of an identity crisis going on, like, this wasn't an innate part of him that was, like, what fully present? I think with Vader, the thing is that it's, like, he isn't trying to become someone else's image of Mm -hmm. him. He is, like, like, you see a full perversion of his character across the first three movies Mm -hmm. and the redemption of that same character across Mm -hmm. the original trilogy. Because you kind of see, like, the downswing of after after the man who will become Enter Palpatine gets his claws into him, and as, like, he slowly becomes perverted and turned away from the Force, he isn't, like, trying to be like someone. He is being forcibly changed into something else Mm. as, like, the failings of the Jedi Order and the machinations of this, like, very deeply rooted evil person pervert his, like, character. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think with Vader, what makes it so much stronger is that instead of aspiring to be like a distant relative or like an ancestor he is just himself as Mm -hmm. like that self becomes perverted by outside forces and then redeemed by outside forces Mm -hmm. whereas with kylo he he 
more no one else is perverting him he is trying to pervert himself mm. but within that he's unable to do that because like he's constantly at war with the part of himself that still like desires to return to the light side mm-hmm. um or to the yeah to the jedi exactly, side yeah. of the force so yeah it's like when there's the outside perversion that lo- that allowed for more complete like character shift than i think kylo could ever achieve when he was the driving force behind his own evil that's so interesting because it kind of sounds like yeah. kylo in having more agency almost and like more kind of internal motivators behind this like transformation or this persona he's a lot more upset or like unhappy than vader is even though i think we typically associate having more agency and more like control over your situation and your destiny kind of we kind of correlate that with happiness so that's that's interesting to contemplate um so yes yeah i will also say like kylo does have as I'm thinking about, Kylo does have Snoke, but Snoke doesn't seem to, like, control Kylo the same way that the Emperor controlled Vader, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Just, like, also, who is Snoke? Where did he come yeah. from? What? Where, where did he go? Uh, f- funny enough, he came from <laughs> the Emperor, who is still alive in Episode Nine because uh, I hate Star Wars fans... D- Dermatologists you, you know hate him. That... This is 100% something I was going to talk about. The fact that Star Wars fans famously do not know what yeah. they want. We 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 will never mm. be happy. I, I, I can't speak for everybody because I think I'm part of the minority of Star Wars fans that just kind of sees a new movie and thinks... Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I saw The Last Jedi, which people hated. People flamed The Last Jedi. I don't know why. Because George Lucas, George Lucas, the guy who made the the franchise, he saw the Last Jedi and was like, "This is my this is my favorite. This is my favorite of the new ones because it brought so many mm-hmm. new things to the table." Because people saw Episode Seven and said, "Hey, wait a minute! This is just like Episode Four. It's somebody on the desert planet who discovers they have Force powers and then they fight an evil dude with the red lightsaber." And I and I was like, "Yeah, oh, okay, but." It's Rey mm-hmm. now, so that's different. And it's Kylo Ren now, so that's different. Then episode 8 happens, mm-hmm. everything is different. Everything has changed. And people said, hey, wait, this isn't Star Wars enough. It's not like the original trilogy. But I was like, but, but isn't that what we just asked for? <laughs> so then Star Wars was like, okay, you want to like the original trilogy? Boom, here's Palpatine. He's back. And everyone said, <laughs> no! Why Palpatine? <laughs> There are so many references to the older movie. Yoda shows up. Luke is still there in Force Ghost mode. And I, I'm like, you just got, you got to get to a certain point where you can look at the movies and say, this is how it is. It, that's not going to change. Let's not make a petition to yeah, remake episode eight and spend billions of dollars again. <laughs> please, yeah, I please. mean, I think my opinions on the sequels were that even though episode eight was completely different, they all felt very much like they were the original trilogy because it's still that same kind of arc. You know, you have a major win, and this is just because Star Wars has a trilogy has to function this way. You have a major win in the first episode, you have a major loss in the second episode, you have a major one in the third episode. That's mm. just how it has to go to like make a trilogy work, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I did think like with the sequels, I I didn't understand the amount of like hatred that everyone had towards him because it was like yeah it's star wars and it's not really star wars for the people who love star wars in the 80s it's star wars for a new generation who don't have 
Like, I love the, the original trilogy, but I don't think I have the same connection to them that my dad does, just because I'm, like, viewing them through the lens of, ha- like, consuming them 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's yeah. like, those these new movies are very clearly not being made for the same audience that the original movies were, because they're being made for, like, the 20-year-olds of today mm-hmm. who weren't alive 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think exactly. I, I didn't understand when people, or like I understood because I can like conceptualize if people have strong emotions about things because human beings are human beings, but it was like, yeah, of course they're going to be similar to the original trilogy. Cause this is kind of like taking the original trilogy into a new age and like launching up mm. kind of this resurgence of star Wars movies. Um, and then I have to say one thing, the only thing that I didn't like about the sequels is I wouldn't have minded if Palpatine came back. I just didn't like what I didn't like about it is that Palpatine had to be Ray's grandfather. I thought that that was a bad decision because what I, yeah, really? me personally, what was really magical about kind of Star Wars, you know, from when it was just, especially if you watch episode four and you don't know what's true, Luke's just a kid, right? He's just a kid. He doesn't, as far as you know, he doesn't have any important lineage. His parents are both dead. His mm-hmm. aunt and uncle have raised him and they're just farmers. And it's like the story about how the seemingly like, very normal kid is actually has the potential to be the most powerful person in the universe and even though his dad has this Mm. and even when it's revealed that like darth vader's his father it's not like you have some incredible lineage it's just you and your dad are these two people who are kind of through relative circumstances just kind of caught up in the mess they both start from somewhere Mm -hmm. very low and they don't necessarily have like a lineage of power Mm -hmm. just because darth vader isn't like darth vader's force powerful but he's not like some you know He's not some, like, super important political entity. He's just, like, a powerful... He's essentially, like, a powerful tank that mm-hmm. can just go out and kill people. Yeah. And so I really liked when they had the reveal that Ray's parents were nobodies. Because then it's like, she's just another kid from a desert planet who doesn't have a lineage, doesn't have anything super important about her from, like, the history standpoint. But she is the most powerful person in the universe. And so I think, like, that message was really cool and I would have liked to have them drive mm-hmm. that home. And then they kind of steal that away because it's like, no, in fact, your parents were super important because your grandfather is a super evil guy. Which they were so obviously trying to do, like, another Luke Vader reveal with that. But it just, it fell flat because it didn't feel yeah. interesting. Like, yeah. it felt more interesting to be like, yeah, your parents are nobody and you've made the decision of your own accord to go save the universe and that's what's so special about you instead of like you're super special because you didn't know that your grandfather was actually the super evil guy who masterminded a complete change of the universe yeah i would also love to see just like how the number one emperor palpatine reproducing what the fuck <laughs> number two what the fuck did those kids look like what the fuck did it race how do you go from like palpatine and then they look, yeah, they look fine chill and normal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, because Palpatine also looked normal know, I... and then he started using lightning and mm. then he got all melty and stuff yeah don't do lightning kids he he became he became a potato sack after Mace Windu deflected oh, lightning back at him but I mean it's also it's also at least in the Star Wars Lennons the Star Wars Lennons in the Star Wars Legends continuity which TLDR, Star Wars Legends is everything that was written before the sequel trilogy came out to where Disney said, that's yeah. not canon anymore, mm-hmm. but you can believe it if you want to. Uh, so it's technically not canon, but within Star Wars Legends, at least, using the dark side too, too much or being too powerful in it does make you ugly, but not like Palpatine ugly. But since Palpatine is super powerful in the dark side of the Force, it kind of makes sense that he would end up looking yeah. like a mm-hmm. monstrosity. 
Because then um, in Star Wars Old Republic, which is a very good free MMORPG, I'm not sponsored. Uh, if you make a, any character and you make too many like evil decisions, you will gradually start getting like yellow eyes, just like Anakin did. Uh, you'll start getting like the veins around your eyes, start getting darker and stuff. So it can be assumed that just by being an evil entity, that does make mm-hmm. you look worse. Which is kind of, kind of a good message for, hey, don't, don't do, do bad, bad things in your life. Yeah. You want to be do pretty, bad right? things if you want to be hot, kids. Don't do bad things. Um, yeah. Exactly. Being evil is nasty. Which is, nasty. again, so funny to me, because then, like, I think, like, half the internet just got very attracted to Adam Driver. Um, yeah. Emo bad boy extraordinaire. Uh, and, you know, we almost lost Hot <laughs> Kylo had he actually succeeded in his goals. <laughs> I mean, hey, when Ben Swallow was a meme, you know, some people were like, hmm... <laughs> Him walking out with his high waisted <laughs> pants, just <laughs> belly button hidden, just his little, pure his little, like patent leather oh boots. Mm. Yeah, what a strut. <laughs> I I will say that as a as a bisexual, Star Wars is one of the few fictional properties that I enjoy that has very few characters that mm. I am attracted to, which I think is weird. Because I can watch a Marvel movie and be like, mm, Captain America, mm, Iron Man, uh, Tom Holland. But I get to Star Wars and I'm like, Adam Driver is handsome. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. But I don't want yeah. to kiss him. That's not, it's not a diss on Adam Driver by any no, means. No, I get it. No, no, I no, no, no. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I look at him and I'm like, okay, please don't pull out your wacky yeah, cross-guard lightsaber. I, yeah, please, that's, please calm down. that's largely how I feel about uh, dudes, it's just kind of like, yeah, you're fine. Would not want to smooch, but it's cool. You do you. Yeah, I think Adam Driver's just, just like you know. he's another one of those examples of just uh, tall white men with very strange uh, facial structures that people just seem to be really into. Yeah, which definitely <laughs> influenced the uh, the reveal of Kylo Ren's face when people saw him <laughs> doing. Oh, like oh. Huh. It's Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, so. sure. and Chalamet just kind of smushed together. Cool. Yeah. Oh my god. I just <laughs> the image of Kylo Ren taking off his helmet and being Benedict Cumberbatch just came into my head. <laughs> and Ray is there. Ray is there too. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, but hear me out, Kylo Ren. It was you. It's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Elio. <laughs> that one new character from Ladybird. <laughs> Oh my god. What, what were we even talking about before we got Force on this topic? Why Ray? Dark side makes you ugly, The dark side makes you nasty. Slash Ray's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Why do right, Ray look parent, normal yeah. when her grandfather um, look like that, I think was what we were talking about. Yeah. Because uh, re- re- mm. recessive genes Also, <laughs> imagine dating <laughs> as, like, Emperor Palpatine's kid. Imagine going up to someone and being like, huh, that's, that's a really familiar last name, are you really... Yeah, it's my dad. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> You take him to your house, they see a family photo. Yeah, this is me and my dad. It's Palpatine. <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, I bet straight whoever... up Palpatine. Yeah, he'd just be like, curfew is at 7. Like, I'll, I'll have her home by 6.30, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> like... Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. It's like, you better not do anything yes. to break my kid's heart or I'll zap ya. <laughs> um, yeah, you will suffer. You will suffer. Do not. Jesus Christ. Like... Voice. Emperor Palpatine no. fucking walking you down the aisle. Why do you wedding. sound like an Aussie? You sound like you're Australian or like you're trying to do an Emperor <laughs> Palpatine voice, but you just sound like an angry Australian I, I, person. 
I don't have a good. I don't, I don't have think a good Palpatine, Palpatine voice. has a good Palpatine voice. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. the actor does it well. Okay. Um, I had it's this weird. is a thought that I just had, uh-huh. and I maybe we can collectively put this together. So the scene in Episode Nine yep. where he like summons the Coliseum of like spirits to uh-huh. try and seduce her to the dark side, that just had big Lord of the Rings vibes. Like, you know, the scene where the they summon the goat? Yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow, this is super familiar. And then I rewatched and I was like, oh, it just straight up looks like that scene from Lord of the Rings. It's that one bit in Return of the King where everyone's <laughs> like, hey, ghost army, uh, it's your boy, King of Gondor. <laughs> you want to come fight? You could just, like, all charge yeah. behind me. Because um, they're gonna, they're probably going to ask me, like, oh, you and what army? And then I'll be like, this army. And then you guys are going to run. That sound good? And then the Ghost King was like, I live for the drama. Fuck yes. <laughs> all the ghosts are up in the Coliseum. Like, yes, yes bitch. The Ooh. entrance. The drama. The pyrotechnics. Yes. You go, queen. Yeah. I think. It's like a fucking episode of Pose okay. in the background. That's not my... That's not my biggest complaint about episode nine but i did think the coliseum of sith ghosts was kind of yeah. wacky i understand we don't know much about sith culture from just the movies and within canon sure maybe it makes sense considering the most we see of the sith is darth maul shows up and then palpatine shows up and then darth vader shows up we don't really see how like it started but with my very strong attachment to star wars legends i look at that and i go that's not how it <laughs> goes. <laughs> and maybe that's just me, but I look at it and I go, I understand that this is very much a sci-fi fantasy kind of mix, because mm-hmm. we do have wizards. They're just also in space. But I, I saw that and I went, okay, but we're not watching Gladiator. Yeah. I do think it's it's interesting because the movies, they purport more or less that like Jedi and Sith are two religions. Like that's essentially what... Mm-hmm those two things are supposed to represent. And so the movies, like, use that yeah. as a crutch when they need to, but mm-hmm. they don't really treat them like religions, which I was like, yeah. you know, it would be so much more interesting if you, like, no. actually acknowledge that these are religions with, like, cultures and heritages instead of just, like, oh, powerful good guy, powerful bad guy, they do the blazer sword battle sometimes. Yeah, this is like yeah. if someone made I mean, a, pl- with- a movie about Earth and were like, there are only two religions, Satan worshipping and Christianity, <laughs> and that's it! That's all you can do. <laughs> and they're fighting each other all the time. That's the only yeah. religions that you have. I'm like, motherfucker, a whole mm-hmm. galaxy. And they got two. Mm-hmm. No denominator, just two. <laughs> and it's the same yeah. religion, just the good Especially... version and the evil version. Like, they worship the same force. Exactly, yeah. It's like there is an all-powerful thing that we draw our power from is just what we use it for. And, I mean, it isn't one of the proponents of religion, like, you can convert yeah. and become a member yeah. of this fucking... religion. When, like, you cannot do that in Star Wars. Or you're not. Unless you you need to be Force-sensitive. If you're, like, Han Solo. Han Solo cannot just be a Jedi. It doesn't work like that. As cool as that would be. Han Solo, but he can use the Force. Sorry. Yeah. Too powerful. Uh, The movies would have been over like that. Oh my god, yeah. Um, The Shane trip would have been four pages long. Avatar The Last Airbender did it better. Force trips um, that Rodian Because that one, there's still, like, cultures attached to it, <laughs> but it's like, well, not everyone can do the cool magic power thing. And that's okay, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I just, the idea that there aren't any, like, denominations or differing opinion, like, what are Methodist and Presbyterian Jedis like? I just want to know. There, there are, going back to Star Wars Legends, because I think it has a lot of relevant content that more people should be aware of. 
there are different denominations of mm-hmm. Jedi, quote unquote, especially ones that don't follow the traditional. The light side is the maximum amount of good you can do. It is the mm-hmm. only path to follow. Do not meddle mm-hmm. with the dark side whatsoever. There are gray Jedi. There are ones that really, like the name suggests, exist mm-hmm. in that gray area and still ultimately try and serve good while drawing from both the light side and the dark side of the forest because they see both those things as, as something that completes the entire image mm-hmm. of what the force is and not as a rejection yeah, mm-hmm. of one it side. It is funny when people are like, we must bring the universe into balance by obliterating our opponents. Like, wait a second, guys. Exactly. <laughs> guys, chill. That, I think that is the one thing that made we the must. whole, and I didn't follow it well, but that made the whole Kylo Ray dynamic good is because it's like, yeah, if you choose one to be like, this is representative of the dark side and this is representative of the light side, then making peace... That could have been good, but it was overshadowed by the rest of yeah. episode nine, which was just kind of like, mm. it wasn't bad. It was just kind of there, you okay. know? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. guys want to hear, I don't know if it's a hot take. Maybe it's not, but some people I think will disagree with me. The most controversial opinion we've covered yet on the podcast. This is my uh, spicy take. Right here. Okay. It's spicy take. Sensitive listeners, avert your ears. The best Star Wars movie outside of the original trilogy is Rogue One, and I don't want to argue that but rogue one is the best out of any star wars addendum i i do not disagree (laughs) i i mean i don't know it's it's hard to name favorites Mm -hmm. when it comes to star wars unless your favorite is attack of the clones in (laughs) which case no it's not you're just straight up wrong Um, (laughs) i'm sorry but you're wrong you're no that is the incorrect opinion my apologies Mm -hmm. to you and your family but rogue one is really really good i like I think my rogue thing with one rogue one is like out of and this is just the way that i feel out of like the eight movies that aren't the original trilogy rogue one feels the most like a star wars movie like i watch it and i'm like this yeah. feels like star wars more than a lot of the other ones yeah. i feel like the original trilogy i can get into my problems with the original trilogy but they don't feel like star wars films and to a certain extent the st- the sequels don't really feel like star wars films either like they d- they feel more like star wars films but rogue one i like it has nothing to do with any of the characters we know and love but it still feels the most like this mm. is a star wars story which was like really cool to watch yeah and it's also just a cool story and it followed my advice for how you make the most conclusive ending which i found very funny <laughs> yeah and i think re- with rogue one especially um it's kind of similar to the Mandalorian in the way that it sort of recontextualizes the, um, maybe recontextualizes is the wrong word, but it introduces the setting of the original trilogy in a way that is more fit for the modern day. Cause I mean, when, when the original trilogy came out, the setting is really cool because there is an empire ruling the entire galaxy, but it was also the first three movies that were made and it, I guess you could say it hadn't really figured mm-hmm. itself out yet entirely, considering we still had a lot of lore and books and, you know, games that had yet to be made. So when you look at things like The Mandalorian and Rogue One, it brings back the original trilogy and this time in the galaxy that was really desperate for hope. I mean, because w- w- without Luke, things are pretty... Yeah, it's horrible. a bad time. <laughs> and I, I think... I think watching the original trilogy, you might not necessarily get all of that because the main character is Luke Skywalker and he is here to save the galaxy Mm -hmm. and he does it damn well. So when you watch something like Rogue One, especially with Darth Vader being a character in that movie, which I 
absolutely adore, you can see how horrifying the Empire is. Because everybody, spoiler alert for every, for anyone who hasn't seen Rogue One, yeah. even though we've been spoiling the entirety yeah, of the Star Wars yeah, franchise that, yeah. this entire time. <laughs> yeah, watch Rogue um, One. All, mm-hmm. all the main characters yeah. die. All, all of them are dead. They get blown up by the Death Star while it's in its relatively mm-hmm. prototype stages. They give the plans to Leia, but everybody, mm-hmm. everybody's dead. And shoot, whoa, 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 what was my point that I was getting to with this? Okay. Oh, I, I mean, before, it guys, feels like guys, you help. can't win in that scenario. It makes like it creates a story where like yeah, the yeah, good guys don't win. Like they they fulfill their objective, yeah. but at the end of the day, like I think a lot of times we think winning is surviving. That's kind of how Star Wars paints it, mm-hmm. especially with like the amount of time that the rebels are like fuck we gotta get away we gotta get away right now we're gonna get killed um so yeah. to be like yeah the, they don't win in that sense was very interesting yeah and the the rogue one team was definitely like a super valuable asset for the rebels to have but it definitely shows that sacrifices need to be made especially when it's good people that are willing to go the extra mile and put their lives super duper on the line to serve a better cause in order to achieve that sort of grandiose victory against mm-hmm. an empire that is ruling over the entire galaxy. And that same sort of showing how horrifying the original trilogy genuinely was outside of Luke being a badass was how they brought back Darth Vader and how they demonstrated his super imposing presence with the addition of kind of modern filmmaking and mm-hmm. uh, and suspense because in the original trilogy if you're watching it after watching something like the uh the prequels or the sequels when darth vader shows up he just kind of walks through the room it's a it's a bright room there's stormtroopers the music is just kind of playing and he's <laughs> he has his hands on his hips and he looks at the at the dead rebels and he goes hmm, yes but when he shows up in rogue one he walks through a room that is filled with smoke to a man that we have come to to appreciate as the um the main antagonist of the movie, and as Darth Vader shows up, he towers over him. There's this contrast between him and the main antagonist, as the main antagonist is wearing mm-hmm. all white, and Darth Vader is there in his all black, robotic, mechanical, superimposing look, and he just, as we've been saying this whole time, commands anybody who is seeing him, and when he shows up in that hallway yeah. full of all the rebels. And you hear that breathing, and it just slowly gets closer as all those rebels turn and look into the darkness. And then his lightsaber turns on, and mm-hmm. that music starts up. Mm-hmm. It's du- everyone chills. I'm I'm in the theater shaking. I'm like, it's he's one of those bad guys that you can root for because he's mm-hmm. just that cool. I think it, and that's not me like justifying him being super evil. It's just the way yeah. he operates the way he functions and seeing that in a new movie where you can see better with mm-hmm. the power of like special effects how powerful he is it's crazy he's put people on the ceiling there's like 10 dudes all shooting at him and he's just deflecting all the bullets and effortlessly yeah. taking all of them down and it could have been over right there had he got the plans the original yeah, trilogy it's, i think it's happen. also like this i think if you go and you watch the original the opening scene of a new hope um with because they kind of do like a one-for-one recreation of that scene in Rogue One and it's like very cool because it makes you appreciate A New Hope I think even more to like go watch that because even if it's like the quality isn't as good if you're just watching New Hope that is still a terrifying scene even with like the 80s limitations because Mm -hmm. it's like you so don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. like you're thrust kind of right into the middle of everyone's in a panic what's happening and Darth Vader appearing at the beginning of a new hope is still like one of the scariest things. Cause it's just like, yeah, he's yeah. here 
and he's gonna fuck your shit right up. Mm-hmm. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does so He absolutely does. Yeah. I was trying to find a word that was bigger than <laughs> expeditiously, and I could not, could not locate it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would defeat Vader with my SAT word skills. <laughs> yeah. I guess my dad talks about this a lot, but speaking of the beginning of New Hope, I mm-hmm. think that the opening shot of that is one of the smartest shots in, like, all of film that I've ever seen. Because it's, like, there's something mm-hmm. about the fact that instead of having the big... Because you see the rebel ship approaching, and it approaches from beneath you, and it's like, yeah, it's a ship, and it's just moving. Um, And I think that that's really smart, because you see it appear from behind you, which immediately puts you... Like, I think so many movies, you see things appearing from, like, the sides or walking in from behind. And so to have it come in from, like, behind the audience is very smart, because it's, like, immediately the world feels so much bigger than I think a lot of movies make the world feel, mm-hmm. because it's clear, like, you are existing inside the universe instead of looking at it from the outside, because mm-hmm. things yeah. can happen behind you. And then to see the Star Destroyer come in over the top of the screen and just completely dominate the entire screen, it's like, oh, before even knowing what the Empire is, before having any context, you are immediately afraid because this is, like, such a dominating force Mm -hmm. that's bearing down on, like, kind of the opening of the movie, which I think is, like, one of the smartest film decisions I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oof. Oof. The original trilogy, man. I love, I love freaking Star Wars. This is why I say, like, it has mm-hmm. something for everybody. Do you like telekinetic powers? Watch Star Wars. Do you like dominating military forces in or not in space? Watch <laughs> Star Wars. Do you like robots and spaceships? Watch you Star like Wars. magic? Watch Star Wars. Watch Star Wars. It's got everything. You like occasionally bad writing decisions? Watch Star Wars. You like kisses that don't need <laughs> to happen? Watch Star Wars. There are at least two mm, of those. Yeah. There is that wonderful mm, Luke Leia which... thing. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> you like slightly incestuous love triangles? Yep. Watch Star Wars. Yeah. Watch yeah. Star Wars. We love it because they're fraternal twins. <laughs> I say it's, that? I mean, it's we... not the worst t- fraternal twin incest They didn't know. They don't know that they're siblings. But... Yeah. And they, you know, they, they, they don't go the whole like nine yards. It was very so, much just kind of. Yeah, and, like, the only Han. thing that actually happens between them, aside from Luke and his weird, like, having feelings for his sister, question mark, but the only thing that really happens between them is yeah. very clearly Leia trying to give the middle finger to Han, um, which doesn't make yeah. it better, but does, like, kind of recontextualize what happens. Yeah, I'm just, y'all, Yeah, I'm tired. I'm a fraternal twin with a brother, <laughs> and I'm tired. Boys and girls I can just it. be siblings. <laughs> it's fine it's fine i mean from 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 a writing from a writing perspective yeah jordan yeah. you kind of you kind of you kind of why though straight people, i mean i'm sure there were yeah i'm sure there were verbal ways for leia to say hey han she could have just said you. hey han fuck Without you like, yeah hmm, you know what watch just <laughs> let leia say the word fuck yeah. in the stars <laughs> it's so actually kind of it's a very small thing that I've noticed about the um the sequel trilogy is how people have slowly started <laughs> cursing more cuz it was it was in episode 8 particularly in what might be my least favorite moment in the movie simply because people do not curse in Star Wars and like I I don't care you can say whatever you want in a movie but as soon as Poe says 
let's just hope that big ass door. I said, <laughs> stop, stop that. You can't say ass. This is a Star Wars movie. You can't say that. Because they don't, because they yeah. don't say it. And it makes sense because the movie was made, the movies were made in like the, the 80s. That was before people like, unless you were really digging, you're probably not going to be watching a movie where people are cursing. Mm-hmm. Especially something like Star Wars that's very fam- family oriented. But now you have movies like Batman v yeah. Superman where he's just, oh shit. Mm-hmm. The Avengers, everyone's mm-hmm. throwing the word around. I guess it was a matter yeah. of time in stars before somebody said yeah. before somebody, somebody said, said the fuck word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like that they use Nerf Herder as like a yeah, that's very yeah. Because <laughs> I I love the thought of different galaxies yeah. having their own negatively connotation yeah, mm-hmm. lingo, you know? Because like it doesn't yeah. take place in our galaxy. Yeah, they might speak the same language, except now it's called common and not English because there is no England. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. It, very very different piece of space related media. But in in Voltron Legendary Defender, they say Quiznak, which yeah. is like fuck. In Star Wars, why can't they yeah, say some, some, Battle, something different? Battlestar Galactica, it's fracking instead of fucking. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is, it still sounds it still funny sounds and funny. it gets the point across. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and there are just words you can come up with that are not composed of like curse words but still sound like it like jackwit mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but yeah, the whole Leia Luke thing it's just like <sighs> there's just a trend y'all and I've seen it and I'm tired <laughs> like it just kind of speaks to this broader theme of like if, if there are two if there's a guy and a girl and they're on screen they need to be love interests and it doesn't matter if they're related cause yeah. we're straight people and we don't know what's going on um <laughs> I'm so done with the heterosexual community at any given point. I'm so over it. Me too. I was, listen, man, I was so ready for Poe and Mm. Finn to like, I was ready Mm -hmm. for that. I was ready for that kiss. I'm waiting for it. No, then we just got the one second lesbian kiss. Yep. That I've expressed my anger about. That did happen. Yeah, you had a whole PowerPoint. Eli had a whole PowerPoint about the one second lesbian kiss in Star Wars um, and ran a whole club meeting on it, which was interesting. It was very informative. Uh, and entertaining. Uh, yeah, to, to be clear, I, the problem isn't, like, that, you know, if they wanted to put lesbians in Star Wars, they should have actually put lesbians in Star Wars instead of being like, but look at these women, yeah. neither of them have names, and they kiss one time. And that's allyship, And y'all. we're gonna cut it so we yeah. can sell this movie exactly. in other countries. I'm like, look, if they're appearing in the credits as lesbian one and lesbian two, instead of, like, yeah. here are their character names mm-hmm. with dialogue... We we can yeah. do a little bit better. They can at least explain yeah. part of the plan, right? And have yeah. stakes. Yeah. Or you least... could just straight up do it with a protagonist character. Like we could do that too. Do I'm saying pin and pin <laughs> Finn and Poe. <laughs> Finn and Pin. <laughs> they I've, they redeemed each other. Poe would have died, and Finn would have been a, sl- a mm-hmm. slave to the to the first order forever. They were they were Poe gave him a name. He gave him a name. He didn't have a name. He was FN two one eight seven. That sounds right. right. Sure, he okay. was a prisoner two. It was definitely myself, FN the something. Least important thing I'll say. But yeah, it was. Yeah, two, oh. FN two one eight seven. I was right. Okay. Good memory. Cool. This, this is important. But yeah. Thank you. Just the the voice of Captain Phasma saying FN two one eight seven, and then I think, wow, they could have done a lot mm. with her character, but they didn't. Mm. 
also a problem mm. with the sequel. Yeah, there trailer. are a lot of characters that they just kind of Can throw in and, and they're like, eh, meh. Look, it's a woman. She's from Game of Thrones. But another person who kind of got that treatment in the sequel was Rose. Because mm. she's, like, really important in episode eight. And then yeah. she's just like, yeah, she's still here. Yeah. Question no, yeah. mark? They had to placate and the Reddit I, fanboys. I like... I like Rose because she kind of shows the audience when Finn is about to make a very, you know, typical masculine male sacrifice. Let's save everybody because I'm a strong man who's willing to die. And Rose comes by and says, no, stop it. Why? It's not necessary. You don't have to do Calm that. Calm down. And she, Cease yeah, and she shows everybody like, hey, we don't need to be like the cold, cold hearted. I feel nothing. I will die now because man, mm-hmm. man die. She just kind of showed, like, yeah, we can we can do other things. I mean, I'm not going to say a a strong man did not appear and save the what was it? Yeah, the resistance, not the rebellion. Because yes, Luke does show up, but he's also Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Who else was going to show up? Yeah. And then Ray finishes the mm-hmm, the sequel yeah. trilogy. And I'm like, we don't need to, we don't need we don't need to die. Yeah, we don't have to sacrifice. And yeah, Rose, and sacrifice Rose know is that. not the only way to get what you want, my dude. Um, yeah, and people were ups- people were upset about that. It's like, no, she's ruining Finn's big moment. I'm like, no, Finn has a Finn yeah. has a lot of good moments. He fought with the lightsaber. He straight up just Kylo ran Ren. on a spaceship, like <laughs> he, like on the exterior cool. of the spaceship. I should, not just inside a spaceship on the exterior. Yeah. Dropped a bomb. It was a very like weird but cool scene. Yeah. <laughs> Finn has so many great moments. He 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 beat Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma mm-hmm. is like twice mm-hmm. as big as him. Yeah, freaking cool. Yeah, no, no, I think I, yeah, that is. There are a lot of good moments in the mm. sequels. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just kind of overshadowed by not a weak plot, but a plot that can't like a plot that keeps changing itself because of fan service reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so clear that the sequels yeah. had a plan, and then that plan got derailed because they were trying to like make sure the movies were profitable, mm-hmm. um, which kind of you know, it, that's one of the things that I like about the original trilogy is that it's very clear, like, that wasn't influenced by fan service. So much of it is just mm. weird and there, and that's what makes it great, because it's like, it feels continuous. It doesn't feel like they were changing anything to make someone happy. They were just like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do what we're gonna do. Yeah. George Lucas was sitting back, pina colada in hand, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want! <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I think that's what made mm. the originals really great, and what holds the sequels back is that Making any type of Star Wars content now yeah. is a terrible, terrible venture. You are signed up for yeah. a life of sorrow if you are working yeah, on that I think movie. Th- that is the main thing that I remember from the sequel trilogy because I watched, I think, like episode seven, uh, and then I just kind of like fell off of it because, like I said, I just wasn't really into Star Wars. I watched it to say that I'd watched it, uh, and then like everything about the sequel trilogy just kind of hit the news. And everything, like, the shit really hit the fan. And I was like, everyone is really angry about this trilogy. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> is everyone okay? <laughs> um, the answer is no. <laughs> no, nobody's okay. Yeah, because I think the problem was that they so much wanted to, like, hit the same success as the original trilogy, but they didn't want what happened with the prequels to happen with the sequels. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I think the prequels were trying to do something that can only be done in sci-fi books. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's ultimately where the prequels kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Because so much of Mm. it's, like, the Trade Federation stuff, Mm -hmm. the Senate, all of that. Like, it works in a book because you can do massive lore dumps and you can put, like, kind of boring stuff into books. And they're still interesting because 
by being able to read, you can, like, insert a character's narrative over what's going on Mm -hmm. and kind of add, like, a bit of personality to it. But because they couldn't do that in a film, it's just like, yeah, you get really boring Trade Federation lore dumps that it's like, this doesn't matter. So I think, like, the sequels were trying to do a lot of lore building and just kind of failed because of that. Because Mm. Star Wars isn't really a lore-dependent universe. That's what, like, the original trilogy... There's no lore. There's barely any history. They're just kind of like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, there's an empire. We, we gotta go, go fight. forth. Yeah. We gotta go fight it. The, the most lore we really got about the Jedi was Obi-Wan's three-second mention <laughs> of the Clone Wars, which then, like, did not matter until yeah. 20 years later. But yeah, I think that, like, the sequels were so scared of becoming the prequels that they couldn't really, like, give it their all the same way the original trilogy could. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that really is a big issue with the prequels that people take is that the trade federation is yeah. not scary bureaucracy Woo. at all i mean in in episode one especially when anakin skywalker is a very very young child who has no proficiency in the force chosen one or not he's, he's just a little he's a little kid boy. he's a baby and then he he hops in a Starfighter accidentally starts it up, goes into space, and then wins the fight against a massive trade federation so like funny. base. When he's like yeah. seven, Kaboom! and then he says that line in space when he says, "Now this is progress." <laughs> and nobody liked that. Everybody nobody wanted hated it. it. And I and I get it. And but like the real terror of the prequels and why I like Episode Three so much despite, you know, Hayden Christensen, is because I like, <laughs> to put it blatantly, I like yeah. watching things go to shit. It's fun Seeing to watch things go, go wrong. terribly mm-hmm. wrong. Exactly. And that is what Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. really embodies, is that the the horror that we've been running from this whole time yeah. was right there. And it was Sheev Palpatine. There he is. He takes over. I like that his name is Sheev. Sheev is a funny name. But <laughs> it's mm-hmm. It's horrific. It's like the first of all, real life comparison. The monsters are always in strong yeah. political yeah. positions of power. Not gonna name mm-hmm. any. You names, can name names. No, name names. <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a Sith Lord. Jeff Bezos is a Sith Lord. Mike Mark Pence Zuckerberg is a, is a Sith Lord. Mike Pence is a Sith Lord. George Washington could have been Probably. a Sith Lord. You own slaves. I'm not gonna say England wasn't a. I'm not gonna say England wasn't a. An empire because yeah. they because they were. It was a Sith Lord, and they made another baby Sith Lord, and now that baby Sith Lord is yeah. the big Sith Lord, and that's kind of where we're at. I mean, yeah, Sith canonically had a lot of infighting between yeah. themselves, this is which true. you know. Yeah, America's I do think Darth Vader. So I, I guess the two or the main issue that I've heard people have with the prequels is just like Episode One doesn't explain how Darth Vader happened. Which I think is dumb. I think it's dumb to criticize dumb. episode one for not getting all the way through Darth Vader's story. Because it's like, no, yeah. what's interesting about the prequels is that, like, you are seeing a descent into madness, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what... And then people will see yeah. that descent into madness and they say, Ew, hate Christensen. But yeah, like, but, I think... But, but no, but that's... Him. I think that the problem with them is that they're trying... Star Wars is like an adventure, essentially, and they're trying to make it a political intrigue, which just doesn't, like... Th- the limits of it the story are that it can't hold up the political intrigue and not be completely yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Especially considering we know that the Trade Federation and the Separatist Army does not matter yeah. at all once the original trilogy happens. They're, they're mm-hmm. not there. Even the Senate So as soon as episode matter. one... Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon... I mean... Like I, I love Count Dooku. I think the um, 
I think both the Clone Wars cartoons are done really well mm-hmm. and make this four second men, uh, mention of the Clone Wars in episode four into something that really matters and carries weight. And that really makes the Trade Federation and the Separatist Army seem a lot cooler than they were initially once you kind of separate the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking solely at how does thing how do things go from point A to point B, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. Especially for Palpatine, considering the Separatist army was really just a stepping stone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for him to take to take political power when it was treated in the movies as this big, massive political entity, which they were, but it was also it was also boring. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So y'all are mentioning like a lot of lore, a lot of like outside TV, like books and TV shows and stuff. So, like, what the fuck is going on with the prequels in the Trade Federation? Because that sounds boring as fuck, and I'm kind of remembering why I didn't retain that information past age seven. I'm gonna say, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. What their motivations are, I I don't know. They made a clone army? Question mark? I think the TLDR is... Planets don't like being part of the Republic. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, understandable, I guess. Not everyone is gonna get what they want when you have a massive... Mm -hmm political body especially when you have certain planets that are like alderaan which is a super like rich high class planet and then you have other planets like tatooine which are barren Mm -hmm. and poor and people are like making wells for water when it's completely made of sand yeah or moisture it's moisture farms it's not even just straight up water they have to pull the humidity from Mm -hmm. the air but um yeah so the i don't remember how the trade federation gets in league with the separatist army there might be the same thing it's some, something or another, but the Trade Federation, like, something, something, money, and of course that tempts the people who don't like the Republic because everything is motivated by cash and credits. So they make a droid army with the help of Palpatine and his apprentice Count Dooku, um, his actor whose name escapes me, rest in peace. Uh, Christopher Lee. And they, yes, ve- very, very Sorry. good actor. Freaking rule is Count Dooku. And they construct a droid army, mm-hmm. which is what the Republic is is fighting against. The Republic does not have the means to fight against them, since the Jedi are very much like, no, we must uphold the peace. We're not an army. And then they become an mm-hmm. army. Yeah, they, and they militarize kind of, super fast. Yeah, to fill that gap between the lack of combat prowess that a lot of Jedi have, they discover the clone army being constructed on Kamino, which nobody asked for it's, it's someone's science Jedi, project like it just superfluous. no i, th- I thought yeah. that, that was the republic to counter the droid army was making a clone army but they were making it, it outside the purview of the jedi and then obi-wan that goes there and yeah. he's like what 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 it's like yeah. listen <laughs> just confused you and mcgregor just wait a second what do you they, mean that my untrained army clones. of pacifists isn't a good enough military for you i'm so offended nope <laughs> I mean, they they militarize eventually. I mean, the you know they they kind of mm-hmm. have to after, you know, because they they can say whatever they want about being pacifists and not holding grudges. As soon as the Battle of Geonosis happens and the droid army takes out like a very large mm-hmm. chunk of the Jedi, and it's just like Mace Windu, Anakin, Padme, who is not a Jedi, and Obi Wan, and like a couple other people standing in the middle around the droid army. I'm pretty sure that everybody realized. Okay, yeah, yeah th- this is this is a threat. Maybe we, need we to should take militarize now. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we this should militarize. Hit the button. Hit the but button. Yeah, no, and I think also with the clone army, then there's a the whole thing about like Jango Fett, who has 
uh, Mandalorian armor and gets like a clone of himself to raise as his son, but they're not Mandalorians, mm-hmm. and it's like he's not a man. It's... It was the most disappointing thing ever to be for them to say, "Yeah, this is Jango Fett. Look at him. Look at him. Look how cool he is." And then first Mace Windu decapitates him. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn! And then, then he wasn't a Mandalorian. He just had Mandalorian <laughs> armor because you can just find things in Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. You it's like just... a regular video game. You can just pick up other people's equipment. Yeah, you just oh, like a box. Yeah, hmm, so Mandalorian what's... armor. I guess yeah. this is this what's is the me big now. deal with Mandalorian stuff. Why is that a big disappointment? It's like they're do Mandalorians are cool. As yeah, hell. they're like a warrior. It's an I guess Mandalorian is kind of like it's implied that it's semi-religious or like mm-hmm. it it's like a religious, but it's also like a it's a religion, but it's also a culture, but it's also a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah. the whole thing with Mandalorians is that they're this, like, super battle prowess warrior group mm-hmm. um, who have, like, special things related to, like, a specific type of metal, and they have, like, very specific requirements on their armor. But the big thing with Mandalorians mm-hmm. is that they can't remove their armor and they can't remove their helmet. Like, that is part of the oath that they take or, like, part of the way that they maintain their status as a Mandalorian is that they have to keep their armor on. And so that's how we know that Jango Fett and Boba Fett aren't Mandalorians is because we see them both at different times remove oh. pieces of their armor and so they can't be a mandalorian with that damn i really I hope actually that... didn't know that yeah that's why that's why like we know that the mandalorian can't be either one of them is because yeah because he never because he could not be a mandalorian so we don't without see... removing oh. his armor those are uncomfortable so the reason pajamas. we don't see his face those are... the reason we... <laughs> those gotta be tough to shower <laughs> in damn <laughs> i was, I was gonna say that yeah <laughs> It's gotta be hard to, to do your laundry. You gotta go in the washing machine, just spin around. This is our it. culture. We do not believe but, um, in baths. <laughs> yeah, Ma- Mandalorian broader history is kind of is kind of whack because the the name Mandalorian comes from the alien species that they were. Like the founders of the culture mm-hmm. were, like their species was Mandalorian, and they were kind of just a species of people that had a very strong, like like Eli said, very battle hardy mm-hmm. culture. And over time, you know, they got in several wars with the Jedi over the course of history. And I guess that was around the time when they started recruiting people who weren't of the Mandalorian yeah. species to become Mandalorians. And who are called foundlings. Yeah. And they had a lot of different codes over the, over the course of time, but most of them boiled down to battle is life. Battle strong. Uh, don't be weak. That is not honorable. But there were some that were a little more kind of pacifisty, and then other ones were very yeah. much like kill, okay. kills life, mm-hmm. and that's why they're so commonly associated with um with bounty hunters. Especially when you look at Boba Fett, even though he's not a Mandalorian, he really kind of set the trend in motion. Because if you're a battle hardy culture, and your kind of point of your religion and group of people and goal in life is to go fight, the best thing to do is to start wars with other people who are really good at fighting like the jedi Mm. or go bounty hunting and take down large squadrons of people Mm -hmm. even though it's not like solely what they do it's a it's a lot of it all right so we got this like clone army that's going on on the side because the jedi at this point are pussies um yeah and we got these mandalorians who aren't mandalorians but just like copped the armor Mm -hmm. somehow Yep. So clearly it's possible to take it off them because they managed to pry that off someone's corpse. Um, well, yeah, it's not glued yeah, to it's their not skin. Like, yeah, and, like, you can exchange pieces <laughs> of your armor. Okay. Yeah. So it's like... But it's also... I feel like, Caroline, what's important to know is that the clones, the clone army, uh-huh. 
They go on to get commandeered by Anakin, uh-huh. Vlad himself. Okay. They become the stormtroopers. Uh-huh. And then at yeah. some point, stormtroopers stop being clones. But I think it would have been really funny if they just took that and ran with it. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. all the stormtroopers forever are just clones of Jango Fett. And we're not changing <laughs> that. We're not yeah, recruiting that's what it all We learned in ninth grade biology that having a completely... Uh, a complete monoculture is generally bad because eventually you're gonna get a mutation, and then that's a whole generation of soldiers that's fucked up. For that good. did happen. That did happen in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. There was one. There was one clone that was like hunchback of oh, Notre no. Dame, like super old guy, and he just walked. They they made him the janitor, oh, and it's sad because so he's like, no, poor oh, boy. But he's like the sweetest oh, old no. man who just looks vaguely like the other clones, but he's like, but he's like this, oh, you know, yeah. and he's like sweeping. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. I really do be like this. I hope he's okay. So yeah, like having That's, just clones um, forever, like eventually, you know, just kind of, it's going to end up bad. You're going to get a bunch of like club-footed soldiers yeah. with really like bad teeth. Um, but that was also the um, the the issue with the clones is that they were made with accelerated aging. Yeah. That's stupid. And so that's, you know, that's 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 part they're of the reason they weren't necessarily like kept around as stormtroopers. Yeah, they're fodder yeah. to fight a war and, that's and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the um the Star Wars Rebels television series, which is people don't like it, but a couple of the clones from the Star Wars: The Clone Wars series show up, but they're like like super old. They got like white beards. Mm-hmm. They're they're all bald, and it's it's weird to look at because also like why would you do that on purpose when you could have made them age at a regular rate and then kept them in their prime for a yeah. longer amount of time? So you could have had a very large army of people that are in their prime all the time uh rhyme slime mm-hmm. sorry and then you could have used them as the stormtroopers and you could have had an incredibly skilled army that was kind of made with the intention of killing jedi yeah. because that was ultimately what they were made for because they had the the brain chips that are put into their heads so when palpatine said execute order 66 they had to mm-hmm. they didn't want to and that's really what made it super tragic even for the clones is that it was against their own mm-hmm. will to kill the jedi in episode three Except for the three clones that took the inhibitor chips out, who appeared in Star Wars Rebels, but how did they know they were there? Star Wars is confusing, man. I I don't even I don't know so many things. As I said, Star Wars sometimes mm-hmm. likes to know. shoot itself in the foot in the name of continuity. It just said, <laughs> yes, all the clones have these brain chips, except for yeah, not all of them keep them in. Yeah. Why? I mean, Why? if I figured out that there was something kind of attached to my face that wasn't there originally i'd probably want to try and take it out (laughs) but how did they i don't even know how they found out well i imagine if you hear someone say execute order 66 and then your body starts doing things that you're like i don't want you to be doing this you'd be like hmm something done did happen beforehand it took them out out beforehand well then i have no idea yeah they i I mean you know maybe they were just smart maybe Django fetch just a smart dude and as the clones of him they're oh, also yeah. just smart dudes i don't know it would be funny if Django fetch just went to like three of the clones at random said hey pass it on <laughs> you got you got chip in yeah, your brain one of them figured it out leaves. one of them like hit their head really what? hard and like knocked it out and we're like oh fuck what is that and then his yeah. like two friends were with him i'm like oh shit do we all have that <laughs> and that's yeah <laughs> He slipped and fell on a rock, and then his head got cut. He got a little scar on like, his forehead, and he was like, wait, what? It, ow, no, like, he, like, what, gashed what his head he- open on, like, a rock, that? and people were like, dude, something's blinking, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I gotta get it out. But, like, wait, wait a minute, wait a goddamn second. What is that? 
He's like, well, damn, my, my brain, I feel my brain. My yeah, brain. It's different, though. My brain. I feel, I can see clearly now. Hey, yo, fellas. <laughs> Let me cut your head open. Yeah. Let's not tell anybody else about this, because plot, the plot. <laughs> the plot. It's the like, plot we demands. would probably plot, get in trouble guys. if we're all being microchipped, so maybe we should, um, not inform the people. Yeah. We live with a bunch Dang, of snitches. I really, um... I really hope this doesn't command the rest of our friends to kill the Jedi that we have come to know and love over the course of this years-long war. Ha 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 Yeah, to be fair, I feel like if I, if it was, like, something that gave someone else access to your brain, it would be a fair leap to say, like, okay, maybe they can see what's going on in there, which is bad. So maybe if we mm. do that, then they won't have any choice but to snitch if they don't get to the chip fast enough, which would, yeah. Yeah. Um... Mm -hmm. So, we got these clones that are aging super fast. By the time, like, we're 20, they'd be, like, you know, 86 and, like, spitting out dentures. Um, yep. which mm -hmm. seems like a poor battle strategy, but what do I know? Um, and they're all ready to go. And then they're gonna fight the Jedi. Or, no, they're gonna fight with the Jedi against the Trade Federation, which sounds very yes, bureaucratic. Yes, the Separatist Army. Yes. It sounds like the, the Separatist way to Army and the Trade paperwork. Federation... But then the, the Emperor done take over the clones oh. and make them, and mm. then we see the slaughter of the Jedi, oh, no. and they're all dead now. Oh no, yep. that's sad. Which is why Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke are the last three Jedi at the start of episode four, or whatever, is yes. because all the Jedi very, get slaughtered, okay. and it's like a very really- certain Jedi, Very certain Jedi could sense that something was wrong with the clones. Mm -hmm. That was why Yoda didn't get gut, because he could feel mm, it. Yeah. Because he's so strong, little green man, he went, oh, so something's wrong. So we did a backflip oh. and decapitated two stormtroopers, because Jedi are pacifists and they don't like to kill people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And then mm -hmm. we see Chewbacca for like two seconds. Oh, that's neat. He so was, we got... Yeah. yeah. Just random Wookiee. I'm sure somebody went into episode three like, I saw Wookiees in the trailer, one of these is going to be Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. It's gotta yeah. be that one. So, yeah, I didn't really realize, I didn't really put two together of like, oh, so the clones were commandeered and then they did a genocide. That sucks. Uh, mm -hmm. And yep. then, so what happens to the Trade Federation? What's up with that? What, do we know what's going on? Do they disappear? Do they die? <laughs> I think that they either disappear or they get forcefully reincorporated into the Empire. Okay. I would assume they're just a department now. They're an actual trade federation have... and they're meant to like regulate yeah. commerce. Because yeah. <laughs> well, the I mean, trade if they were. Yeah. The Trade Federation was oh, um. in was opposing the Jedi, which means that they are on the same side of the war as the Empire. Okay. Like, yeah, I think exactly. initially they opposed the Senate because the Jedi are allied with the Senate, but then when Palpatine takes over the Senate, then that means that the Trade Federation and the Senate have comparable goals, and I think that they probably get reincorporated, and then the Senate yeah. gets dissolved in the beginning of Episode 4. Okay, so Palpatine gets... Considering the, also that yeah. Palpatine so was... Palpatine, like, gets pa the Trade Palpatine Federation and the Senate generally the, the puppet master okay. of... Yeah. Yeah, because considering Palpatine was the um the mastermind behind the Separatist army, even if he didn't play a direct mm -hmm. role in like commanding the troops, he did manipulate uh, Count Dooku in a way that made him the one who's really pulling the strings behind both the Republic and the Trade Federation Separatist army. Which you know, so once he takes over and he reveals himself to both sides, he's like, "Well, everybody gather around. We're all friends now. It was me the whole it's time. Like, I'm your new Chief boss, Palpatine." Yeah, I believe this was explained. <laughs> he takes off his mask. He Scooby-Doo villains himself, and he's like, it was me! Yeah. It was me the whole time! I am, I am the undercover boss. Um, yeah, again, mm. this was explained in the musical oh, parody clip as Palpatine made a civil war happen to get control of a galaxy that he already had control of. <laughs> yep.
Yes. Excellent. That I'm is what so happened. glad we cleared that up. It's essentially and he's he started a civil war just to kill off the Jedi. That's what he did. Yeah, which I mean makes sense considering one Jedi Jedi quote unquote who also happened to be his granddaughter uh defeated him so and she was not formally trained no matter how powerful she was being yeah a descendant she had like of a week of training yeah so imagine if the entire jedi i mean shoot mace windu at least how it looks in episode three almost beat Pal- palpatine mm-hmm. I mean, mace windu is a powerful dude man his lightsaber's purple mm-hmm. that doesn't happen <laughs> how did it get that there? kyber crystal's weird dude it just be like that sometimes. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and then that brings us up it's, to mm. the original trilogy, which is apparently the best trilogy. Yes. Uh, and that's where we got the Empire going on. Um, so I guess the Trade Federation, it sounds really bureaucratic, so I like to imagine it's like, you're just going to regulate actual commerce now instead of starting civil wars. Cool? Um, cool. <laughs> like, like, do you have anything that you would like to declare before entering Tatooine's orbit? Any fruit? <laughs> tobacco products? Meat, animals. And then, it's also really funny because at that point you realize, like, yeah, but you see no one doing legitimate trade. Most of the people who transport goods are smugglers. They're, like, you never see a legitimate trade ship. You just see there's a no whole lot of smugglers. Control. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, like, there's never any actual, like, business going on in Star Wars. We're just to believe that it exists because there is a faction called the Trade Federation. Yeah. But all we see from them is droid army droid army big no one has an actual office job in star wars it's all just like you're either part of the evil empire and doing soldier things or like maybe it and then you're a swordman who does force things or you smuggle the yeah the epitome the the equivalent of office jobs is the people you see in the background on the um the big ships, like the the Star Destroyers, whenever Darth Vader is walking through the middle of the room and they're just there on the space they're computer, just, there to be just typing away. Or the people who you just see yeah. walking around in the background. Like, you just see a whole bunch of stormtroopers that just march through in big squadrons. Yeah. And where are they going? What are they doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? We're going to the cafeteria. We, we want to get a snack. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're just like, I mean, you know con- what? Considering how like easily... With- a lot of female friend groups is like, can you go to the bathroom with me? And I feel like maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're just kind of, they've got that dynamic going on where it's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. It's like, okay, well, he's gonna go, so we're all gonna go, and, like, we're gonna have, like, a fun time. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's why um, Jedi can so easily sneak into yeah. Star Destroyers and different Empire <laughs> ships, because Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is a frail old man in episode four, and he just, he is sneak 100 when he goes onto the ship. He just kind of walks like, through, and everyone's like, I'm yeah. just, he shows up and he's like walking behind stormtroopers and he just kind of he's out in the open when you see him he pulls his lightsaber out and everything he's just holding it in front of himself in a way that doesn't let him blend in with the shadows whatsoever but no one sees him the force the force, the force. Yeah, and then, wanna, it's valuable yeah so as we approach kind of the last 20 minutes i want to make sure that like weird other star wars because you mentioned this the um specials and i want to make sure we get to like the weird addendum star wars stuff that isn't canon but is very or like is loosely related Mm -hmm. yeah um because i have my favorite thing my favorite star wars related media that's not a film ever and it's my favorite thing i'm saying so someone took (laughs) the original trilogy 
and wrote William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Yep. You mean this yep. one? Yup. <laughs> For our listeners at home, this Eli is... and Ellis just pulled identical copies of the exact same book out from their desks this or whatnot. This is my favorite thing <laughs> so that someone has done with Star Wars. It's so funny. It's really good. I have yet to actually sit down and read yeah. it, but whenever I'm bored, I just go to a random page and identify what part of the movie yeah. we're in. And it is the most hilarious thing that has yeah. ever come out of Star Wars. Have you Wars. seen R2-D2's monologues? No. Read, just, you, oh my can god. Can you please read an okay. excerpt of R2-D2's monologues for us, please? Let me find oh an R2-D2 monologue. But yeah, so R2-D2, he'll be able, So he'll do, like, the beeps and stuff when he's um mm-hmm. on screen with other people. But as soon as he's alone, then he'll the have a monologue. So let me find one. soliloquies? It's weird that, like, the beeps are canonically, like, yeah. a language that can be deciphered yeah. in Star Wars. That is a thing you can speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does sound a little bit like human speech inflections. I mean, yeah, sometimes. There's this one droid in Star Wars Rebels that, while he's flying through space, he goes, like, ba 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 And I was like, oh, huh. That's, that's actually kind of cute. The show sucked. That was kind of cute. Yeah. They impress each other by singing love songs. And that's how they date. Oh, my God. <laughs> droid mating yeah. calls. Very slow, romantic yeah, beeping. It's not even mating calls, it's just serenading. Alright, you found it? I found yeah. one, I found one. Um, It's right when, it's essentially the first night that R2-D2 and C-3PO are with Luke. Um, You know, when, like, Luke kind of goes off because R2-D2 won't give him more information, and then C-3PO says, I don't think he likes you. Uh, no, I don't mm. think I like you either. So then C-3PO leaves, and R2-D2 has this monologue. Now are the pieces all arranged for me to make a daring move and fly this place. The fool who sets the game in motion shall, shall appear unto C-3PO and Luke. No more than if he were an errant knave, but hear the voice of R2-D2 all. My noble purpose I'll accomplish yet, to take to Obi-Wan the princess's news, to make my master Luke away from here, and in the end, perhaps more vital still, to make good connection twixt the two good men, a foolish thing this fight may seem to be, and yet more fine than foolish shall it be. But yeah, I just love that someone was like, you know what I'm going to do with my time? I'm going to take all of Star Wars and make it Shakespeare. Good. That is... As they should. So great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, Man. it is written in such a way that you could legitimately put these on. Like, they have allowances for battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really yeah. cool. That is but really I just, cool. I wanted to bring this that up. That has the capacity to be performed. Mm-hmm. That'd be so good. That's dope. Star Wars in the park. Yes. <laughs> Star Wars in the park. And then... Trying to think of my another thing that's really funny is the oh. Phineas and Ferb Star Wars. Have you, oh, yeah. have you ever watched that? Mm-hmm. That's such a good thing. I haven't. Yeah, known. the best part is uh, Darth Maul Ferb. I think that that's like the single best thing that came out of those. <laughs> Ferb as Darth Maul is not something I I'm knew I needed, it. but it's you should look up an image because it's the funniest thing. I'm gonna do it right now. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Ferb went full Darth Maul. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh god. I don't even yeah. remember what happened in that movie. Oh. But it was good. Oh my god. Yeah, I just remember that, that um so Doofenshmirtz great. is the um Darth Vader allegory. Even though like Darth Vader does exist and like Doofenshmirtz is trying to impress Darth Vader and Darth Vader isn't interested at all. Um but yeah, Perry's just like an agent of the Rebel Alliance, which is very fun. Doofenshmirtz was Kylo Ren before Kylo Ren was Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, man. That's so good. No, it's... It's bizarre how much just strange Star Wars content there is. I mean, what started as 
a series of movies that became incredibly popular, which I guess, you know, that really paves the way for getting weird content like William Shakespeare's Star Wars or a Christmas special because Star Wars needs Christmas. I guess it in making something that will inevitably become one of the most recognized and famous fictional universes in history, it should be expected. Because what, what happens with regular things, you get like fan art and fan fiction. But Star Wars just went ham. The Christmas we special is one of the fiction? weirdest things. You could get it published as a legitimate Star Wars store. Straight up, there's a... You can. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a... Someone wrote, after episode five, they wrote, like, a version of Luke returning to Dagobah that, like, predates episode six, and it's very... It's supposed to be very interesting. I look forward to reading it. But yeah, there's, like, a whole bunch yeah. of Star Wars fan fiction that's just published and out there. Yeah. George Lucas yeah. said, I'm gonna write yeah, a Christmas at... AU for my own franchise, and no mm-hmm. one can stop me. Again, Pina Colada, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want! oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean Caroline, how often are you on uh brian david gilbert's twitter uh often enough okay did you see the pod racing yes, script when that happened yes. yeah and apparently there's a genre of music in the star wars universe called jizz music not jazz music <laughs> it is deliberately named yes. that <gasps> yes there is uh, but yeah i was because i just want to ask a question i have an answer for this but it's like star wars is becoming such like an all-encompassing franchise and i was my question was, what other, like, genres would you like to see incorporated into a Star Wars movie? Because I really want to see a heist film. Like, we got a little bit of that in Episode Eight. Like, it was the perfect setting for a heist mm. film because it was a casino in space. Uh, and so I just want to see, like, a thinking, heist film in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I was thinking heist film kind of sort of happened in Solo, but then it just got... It just got kind of mm-hmm. weird. It, it turned into Prison Break. Yeah. And then it turned into... Uh, gang starting and then the gang dissolved and then Han Solo tries to restart Mm -hmm. the gang with Chewbacca but it had a little bit of heist element but that that was probably my favorite thing about Solo was seeing that train scene Mm -hmm. where they're all on the train that's like turning on the tracks and stuff like that because it's in the it's on like the side of a mountain because like what if we could do that for a whole yeah. movie. So, no, I totally agree with you. I want to see Ocean's um, Eleven meet Star Wars. That's what I want more than <laughs> anything else. I want a high school movie rom-com set on any planet. <laughs> There's, like, this awkward new kid in school, and it's just one of the fucking clones that shows up and doesn't know what I just thought of that, but that put in Luke's Jedi Training Academy to, like, high school movie rom-com, but at the Jedi Training Academy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Like, someone's force powers just flare up the second they see their crush, and, like, someone's, like, lunch tray flips, and they're like, hey, what the fuck? And she's like, oh my god, I have to go hide in the restroom for the rest of life. <laughs> a high school anime, but it's set in Star Wars. Oh my god. Which is incredibly ironic, because, like, the... J- Jedi are not allowed to love. No, but the yeah. funny best so friend is completely, like, like, go against the continuity. But the funny best friend that, like, is always in those rom-coms, the, like, supportive best friend is a porg. Just straight up is a porg. Now straight up is a porg. Yeah. She can communicate with this porg. This is never explained. <laughs> we will never understand what she's saying, but we'll know, like, just generally the yeah, vibes. Yeah. It's like, like a CD. Ears get flapped, and she's like, oh my god, yeah. you're so right. Um, <laughs> oh my god, no, it's the story Poor of someone who gets a really movies. big crush on Ben Solo before he becomes Kylo Ren, and then he's like, but why did he leave? <laughs> <laughs> 
I <laughs> like it's just a stand-in for everyone hmm. who saw Kylo Ren in the movies and was like, "That's hot." It's a self-insert for yes. all of them. Yeah, just a one person. You gotta appeal to the audience, man. Ah! Yeah. Total fan service. Total fan service. <laughs> a girl whose best friend is a pork who has an, just the biggest crush ever on Kylo Ren. Hmm. I don't have an answer for this. I'm, I'm gonna be totally real. I mean, I thought it was cool enough when I saw The Mandalorian happening, and I was like, it's a, it's a Western, it's a Western. in it's space. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, because Star Wars has then, always you know, had space western vibes, but I, I just started watching The Mandalorian, and I one episode in, I was like, oh, I love how much of a western this is. Yeah, no, it's just the way he, like, pulls out his gun and does it as a, in a very, like, cowboy quick shot manner mm-hmm. whenever he's shooting. I'm like, mm, y'all really, y'all really did it. You really, you really did it to him, John Favreau. Mm-hmm. You did. That was John Favreau, right? I think so. Sure. Yeah. Or was it that other guy? Yeah, it was John Favreau. I believe it's John Favreau. I, 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 I don't know what else. They, they've done a lot of things. I'm excited to see where they go, mm-hmm. considering we're probably going to get more movies like Rogue One and Solo, if you're into that type of thing. Ones that don't focus on the Skywalker saga as much, and ones that really let us see what the rest of the universe is like, because we have so much other content to go off of. We already have everything from Legends, we have books that are in canon... And other characters that are currently not canon that could be brought in and made part of the canon of Star Wars right now. Because that's something they did in um, Star Wars Rebels, was there was this one general that was really super imposing and everyone loved him from this series of comics like 10 years ago. And once those comics became part of the Legends continuity instead of the canon, canon, they took that character, put him into the show, and immediately made it better. So I was like, how do we do Mm -hmm. that? How do we do that again? Dude, I just want a movie about Obi-Wan. I just want him living his life. Me too. When is that happening? Going on adventures yeah. separate from whatever the prequel Doing were. Obi-Wan things. Yeah. Obi-Wan just vibing. I want... Obi-Wan doing what, Obi-Wan What's up things. with R2-D2 and C-3PO? What, what's going on with them? I want to see a prequel movie about that. Just them. Well, we do We do actually get both of their origins, don't we? Or we at least get C-3PO's. Cause I Anakin want a sitcom odd couple style with C-3PO and R2-D2 is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Good, I agree. That would be very funny. Yeah, um, we do get C-3PO's Ooh. origins. It's just Anakin is very good at building mm. droids, so he makes one and it is C-3PO. Mm. And he is strange looking in the first movie because he's not gold plated yet. He's told wires totally naked. Yeah, naked bot. And uh, R two D 2s origins are just kind of he is in episode one. He is very good at being an astromech droid, and everyone likes him. As they should, as R two D two deserves. <laughs> yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, R two D two is a good bean. I just but want yeah, R2-D2 no. and C three so I just want just, I just want a sitcom about them. I just want to know what they were doing in the intervening 20 years between Anakin going evil and when they show back up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) They just kind of appear on the rebel ship. Yeah. In episode four. How'd that happen? How'd they become friends? How wacky is that? How, how fun and interesting. What's up with that? But yeah, no, I think there are a lot of characters who I'm like, you know, you could just do a whole thing about this character and I'd be happy with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Kylo Ren in his days as a mm-hmm. Jedi. I think that would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, maybe Palpatine. Ooh. Ooh. If we saw Palpatine going... Because one, one of the big 
the biggest things in the, and you know, here's the meme about have you heard of the tragedy of Darth Pelagius the Wise. There it is, everybody. I said it. There it it's is. It's here. It showed up. I understand Woo-hoo. most of those words individually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TLDR, once again, Emperor Palpatine, uh, back when he was a apprentice of uh, Darth Pelagius, mm. he got trained by him, got super powerful. Pelagius trusted him a little bit too much. Uh, Palpatine snuck in his room and killed him. Ah. Like, you And didn't... I would like to see a film or series with a younger Palpatine in in the process of becoming the sinister absolute force of domination and terror that he is. It, you know, I think it might make people appreciate him a little bit more. I mean, especially considering episode nine totally ruined him because he can now do anything for some reason. Mm. He can he can be cloned. He can make Snoke more than once. He can control Snoke. He can control Kylo Ren. But why did he do that in the first place when he could have just said, Hey, yo, it's me. It's Emperor Palpatine. I I taught your grandfather. You like your grandfather, right? And Kylo Ren was like, yes. <laughs> yes. And then he, then they could have just done the First Order thing together. Yeah, everybody would have known that Palpatine was alive and they would have gone after him a lot earlier. But people were doing the same thing to Snoke. So what was stopping... The- also, I don't think Palpatine Why? is trying to be particularly Why? bothered by people going after him. He seems like he can handle himself. That's what I'm saying he was, he was like he was nowhere in episodes four and five. He just kind of hid. We don't know where he, he was. He was dealing with raising his children, apparently. <laughs> raising his <laughs> adult children, yeah. who somehow died tragically, and we never learned. What... And then he got rid of him and kind of showed up on the Death Star and was like, "Hey, it's like, well, Darth Vader, what's?" Poppin, I just had kids. Yeah. I just had, For or maybe one reason. kid and then like a, a child-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also, hmm, maybe, hmm. Eli, how do you feel about this? We know that Darth Plagueis could manipulate the midichlorians and make life from it, which many people think that is how Anakin happened. Do you think maybe Palpatine could have done the same thing, considering he learned from Darth Plagueis, and that is how he had children, considering nobody wants to fornicate with that? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. It's also possible that he, like, forced someone into it. I think that that's equally something that could have happened in Star Wars. That's thing to do. I think that it's just, like, (laughs) I I, I legitimately think that the whole Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter was something that was written in, like, the final days of writing the script, and they were like, yeah, Mm -hmm. no one can tell us that we're wrong yeah because there's literally no there's no information to back this up like it just it came out of nowhere i think that yeah it it was like it there was so little indication that that's what would happen that you can't say that they were wrong because it's like yeah it's impossible to prove a negative there's nothing here to go on i like i mean once it's been said in the movies you can't you can't tell them like no. Yeah, you can't just be like, no, Star Wars is wrong. That, like, along yeah. the same lines of people being attracted to Kylo Ren and early Anakin being hot, the young Palpatine was also very hot, and, like, <laughs> this all happened, and he just managed to, like, have sex with somebody, and then it was just never explained. Um, like, I like the idea of just, like, a young hot Palpatine training and then murdering somebody, and then that's, like, the crux. Maybe he also had, like, a really evil girlfriend. Yeah. You know what? Oh, sure. Maybe there's some hot the villainess that we just never really see. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she she wasn't in episode six because she was busy doing other things. Because she was like, I'm not going to go on the incompleted pregnant. Death Star that's definitely going to get attacked. What do you think I am? That's not safe for the baby. <laughs> yeah. The baby will be, no. Pregnant yeah. people shouldn't yeah. go on unstable starships. He went, honey. <laughs> do <Okay>. it. <laughs> no. I'll see you after the movie's over. Mwah. <laughs> And then he died. I definitely won't get thrown into the reactor core of the, rea- the, of the Death Star. Don't worry. Mm. Guess what happened? Yeah, that's how he died. They didn't even that kill him. They just Darth Vader picked him up and threw him into the reactor core. And everyone was like... With one hand. With one hand, mind you. Picked him up with like his, his one good hand and then used his robot wrist <laughs> and then picked him up on, on the back. And then just did this weird kind of walk over when I'm here thinking, we have the force still, right? Can't we, like, pick him up? No, he just needs to use his little, like, retractor claw thing. And just go... <laughs> but yeah, no. I, every every time I watch the Emperor die, I'm like, wow, this is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I can see George Lucas, like, his... The gears in his head turning about, how do I make the Emperor's death the most strange but also cool but also like funny in a really weird way method possible let's throw him into the death star right as it explodes (laughs) what if we put him in right as it explodes oh oh and he's still shooting lightning out of his hands when he goes down so he's just boom star wars is weird star wars is weird I love the implication of, like, Palpatine's wife not going on the Death Star, because it's like, it's not child-proofed yet. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's not even completely built. It's, like, partially built. It's It's not child-proofed yet. yet. It's not a full sphere. Like, okay, just because it's round on the outside doesn't mean all the sharp corners have rubber on them on the inside. Exactly, and your throne room is conveniently right next to a chute that goes down to the reactor core. What if we fall in? And she I was stand right. Palpatine's right. wife who has common sense. <laughs> <laughs> this character I we've we completely created. <laughs> yeah, we just made episode 9 infinitely better by creating oh. Palpatine's girlfriend. And on that achievement, I think we're probably going to have to wrap up this okay. episode. Alright. Alright. Well, it's been fun. Uh, it's, it has been fun. It's been a great time. Thank you for letting me spout about my obsessions with space wizards and clones of a dude who's not a Mandalorian but looks like a Mandalorian. And uh, thanks for coming on and talking about it, man. Yeah, it's so nice to talk to you, my dude. It's fun. Yeah, I can't wait for this episode to go up. I love talking about Star Wars. Yes, and I like listening to my friends talk about things that they like. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. I guess that's my cue to pull up what the outro is. If I can find it. All right. Do, 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 do. All right. Thanks to Software Noise on the Free Music Archive for the use of our, their song, Towel Defense Ending. Uh, potential sponsors, if you're Blue Apron, HelloFresh, uh, small businesses, big businesses, Casper Mattresses. NordVPN. NordVPN. ExpressVPN. Honey. Wikibuy. Uh, we got. Can save you yeah. money. Let's see. Honey, what um, else? What else? Oh, God. Uh, shoot. Audible, um, maybe? Well, Audible's owned by Amazon, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, any sponsors that you want, our email is heynerdpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Listeners, tell your friends, mortal enemies, secret children, twin that you maybe have a thing for for the first 50 minutes of the movie. Uh, tell your Wookiees, your pets. Uh, your droids. Your droids, your friends. 
Um, your executives at Lucasfilm. Yeah, your executives mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm. Uh, you know, send us to Hayden Christensen. Your script supervisors. Uh, just tell people about us. Uh, email us, fun stuff at haynardpodcast at gmail.com. And check back next Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, for our next episode. And what's the next episode hint going to be, Eli? Because I don't... It's it's the spookiest of hours, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Next next Ooh. episode is spooky time. Yeah, and the scariest thing is the unknown. So go ahead and resolve that fear by checking back next Wednesday. Uh, your listeners, you're our only hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did a Star Wars joke! You um, did a Star Wars yeah, joke! Okay. All right. Three, All right. Three two, two, one. One. Binard. 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 Maybe. All right. Maybe.